following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Welcome to the Tsunami Faithful Podcast, now sponsored by AkaiCon, August 7th through 9th at the Cool Springs Convention Center in the Franklin Marriott Hotel. Go to akaicon.com now for more information and how you can get tickets. The Tsunami Faithful Podcast starts now. Hello and welcome to the Tsunami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have... Paul Scroll, the founder of TsunamiFaithful.com. And... It's Samurai Dorel Maddox. And... Your esteemed announcer, Jim Nelson. And joining us once again... Our wonderful data monkey, Colbert. Yeah, I finally let him out of my basement. <laughs> Thank God, I was getting stuffy in there. You don't bring enough water. You don't deserve water. At least <laughs> only, only bananas. Uh, bananas. Banana. <laughs> Do you want a banana? Monkey want a banana? Hey, it's high in potassium. You know they got Twinkies now with banana filling. <laughs> Does potassium oh make you pee, or is that something else? I don't think no it's idea. potassium that makes you pee. <laughs> Maybe it's potassium that. No, you know what? I'm th- I might be thinking of vitamin C, which colors your pee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, We're very and this is how we start. <laughs> yes, yeah, Jim, hey, giving it your analysis. Hey, when I'm when you're unemployed, there are weird, weird things that occupy your brain when you get bored of video games. This is true. Oh, I'm in the same boat. I just slowly work on my game right now, but we should probably get into the news, wouldn't we agree? Mm. Hey, look here. Please. You don't run this podcast. We do. Learn yeah, your place, got, like, what, maybe, well, well, we only got like maybe 50 minutes left, so. Capital idea. Hey, okay, yeah. enough of the meta stuff. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to start with the news this week. So let's get into that right now. News. From Facebook, Twitter, and the official Toonami Tumblr, this is Toonami News, powered by ToonamiFaithful.com. Starting with some news regarding Toonami Asia, they recently acquired Yokai Watch, and it began airing on June 27th in their anime Siege blog. Now, this is very amusing to me that Toonami Asia, since they focus so much on American action cartoons, because they have all of those, they mm-hmm. make a block for anime so that they can have an anime block. Yep. Mm-hmm. And oh yes, Dragon Ball Z in it, along with many, <laughs> oh, many kinds of Beyblades. But I digress. <laughs> Yokai Watch. Gotta sell the toys. Uh, yeah, Yokai Watch is a toyetic anime series that has apparently overcome Pokemon, at least in Japan. So it's it's getting a big worldwide rollout. At least until the next Pokemon game comes out. <laughs> Let the war begin. Either way, Nintendo's laughing all the way to the bank because they got both. <laughs> hey, they got a partnership with Level 5. Uh, Level 5 makes good games. I mean, they're the guys that made the Professor Layton games. So yeah. um, it's getting localized for over here. 
So yes, it is. It yeah, will be airing. If on, money allows, uh, I'll check it out. Disney XD. I believe it's going to start airing there this fall. There is a trailer that you can find on the Anime News Network with the opening theme, and <sighs> the less said, the better. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, because here's the thing: we're always bummed out that there isn't more action animation and anime on american television the way that that happens is for these shows to be successful and stay on the air and get tv networks to think oh maybe we should get more of this stuff i would like to think that yokai watch was uh influenced by the relative success of doraemon because doraemon got a second season that's true so and there's enough uh episodes of doraemon out there and in hd that they could do this for a very long time, and, including reruns. And Doraemon's a lot more, uh, shall we say, family-friendly than Naruto Shippuden, which, to its credit, uh, or to Disney XD's credit, actually was treated very well initially, and for a good, initially. like, I don't know, 70 episodes, it was given a good time slot before they came to terms that this is maybe not the best choice for our network. And, very <laughs> and we're never going to get out of filler. Like so many <laughs> other shows. I will say it was really interesting to, to actually get a press release from Toonami Asia because I was just like, that was kind of like out of the blue. I'm like, um, eh? okay. What you guys get? Oh, what are you guys doing? How have you been? Oh, Yokai Watch. <laughs> yeah, that channel doesn't, you know, there isn't a whole lot of activity with that channel. So it, it's nice to see them pick up something newer, fresher, and yeah. it's all part of a, a big globalization of the yokai watch brand which like i said is is pretty dang big at least in japan it's it's one of the top rated yeah. anime right now with general ratings it's becoming very popular overseas mm -hmm. so um, naturally they think but yeah, it's gonna be work here and there and everywhere why not well they, they actually when when he when uh I believe his name is James. When James emailed me from Toonami Asia, he's like, oh yeah, by the way, it's on Disney XD in the US. I'm like, uh... Or rather, it will be. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like another series that's going to be mistreated by Disney. Great. Well, we can only hope for the best. Well, let's put it this way. If it sells toys, then Disney will probably take good care of it. Yeah. yeah. It probably <laughs> will sell toys. At least toys and games and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. At least put we it. saw we saw Yokai Watch as uh, part of Nintendo's big uh, 3DS plans at E3. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, hopefully they'll put it with something that is doing really well, so that way it'll garner some ratings and it'll actually do well. well I would hate for it to be like buried on like. Well, they're probably gonna pair it up with Doraemon. Yeah, Doraemon. It's it's you know one and one. Yeah. You know? A little little so expansion is nice. Uh, speaking of Disney XD, they yeah. recently started new episodes of Star Wars Rebels, so check those out. With our good friend Steve Bloom, GFOP Steve Bloom. Mm -hmm. And that's enough talking about things that aren't related to Toonami. <laughs> <laughs> Tangentially well, related to Toonami next. Yes. <laughs> well, this is a whole bunch of uh, Funimation-related news. Starting with uh, Funimation just acquired the live-action Attack on Titan films. Oh, there is a press release that we found on the Anime News Network that actually mentions that Funimation will also host the worldwide premiere in theaters. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be at so the uh, Egyptian on July 14th, which is 
Oh, at uh, Grauman's Egyptian Theater? Yeah, just like uh, Holy crap. Just like the uh, Dragon Ball Z movie. Or the Angry Video Game Nerd movie. <laughs> so yeah, Funimation got that. Which is, I think this is the first franchise that Funimation has acquired both the live action and the anime rights to. Because they, I don't believe so. Because they had a, uh, I, I, there's something in the past that I cannot remember right now, but I feel like they did uh, acquire the live action rights to something else. Yeah, I don't know, I nothing rings a bell. It's not, it's, it's not, not rings a bell right now. It's just kind of weird because they've, you know, there, there's occasionally a live action and a animated version of the same franchise, and Funimation will get one or the other, and they don't end up getting both. But. Who knows? I don't know if right of first refusal is a thing with uh, licensing, but I'm sure that given how well Attack on Titan has done over here, both on TV and in home video, I'm sure uh, Wit Studio went to uh, Funimation. It's like, hey, guys, you want this? You guys have done a good job. <laughs> want to make more money? <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, we tangentially uh, related to that, uh, Funimation recently signed a partnership with Universal for distribution. Which makes me endlessly sad because, however, indirectly now, Funimation is associated with Comcast. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We what? I can't help but, but notice many. in their press release where they're talking about Funimation's great lineup, such as Attack on Titan and Dragon Ball Z, Resurrection F, and Seraph of the End, Vampire Reign. Wait, what? Oh, I see what you did there, Universal. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> not that it's a bad show but i think it might be a stretch to say that that's a big deal quite yet but we'll mm. see so funimation has these films both of them and the uh the first one will premiere at the egyptian theater on july 14th which is coming up at the red carpet premiere they will have the uh, actor who plays aaron the actress who plays mikasa and the director shinji higuchi will be attending the red carpet premiere in July, on July 14th. And uh, Higuchi will also appear at Funimation's booth at San Diego Comic-Con, Sunday, July 12th. That's coming up, too. Mm -hmm. And just looking at uh, some of the stuff that Higuchi has done, um, he's mostly done uh, Tokutatsu stuff. Um, he was a special effects director on some Gamera films, um, has done some anime, so... Yeah, that's actually was a oh was a writer on the end of Evangelion. Okay, <laughs> why does that simultaneously inspire confidence but not? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. it seems the uh, writer Yusuke Watanabe uh, worked on Dragon Ball Z: Battle of Gods and the live-action Gantz films. <laughs> that was probably what I was thinking of was Gantz, but Funimation didn't originally have those. That was ADB. Yeah. So. Did Funimation get the live-action Gaunts? I don't think they did. Did they? I th I, why do I feel like they did? Like, we'll have to look that yeah. up. Well, off the podcast. I, I know that, podcast. that that got a theatrical release in the U.S., but I, I don't recall. As a reminder, the uh, Dragon Ball Z film Resurrection F will be getting a limited theatrical run with the dub August 4th through the 12th. You can get your tickets now. And you probably should, because given how difficult it was to get tickets for Battle of Gods, just imagine that going to be way, way more difficult. <laughs> well, I feel like they um, they expanded the theaters because um, I checked the um, I checked the theaters in and around Boston 
And there's actually a bunch of them uh, coming to actually a bunch of them in and around the Fenway area. That's cool. Yeah, they should so, have expanded because the the first one, Battle of Gods, did really well for its limited run. And the thing is, I thought this would be something that might have been at the Brattle Theater, which is usually where you see stuff like that. Um, anime films, limited releases. Um, you usually see those go to the Brattle Theater in Cambridge, but this has four uh, actual theaters, uh, multiplexes mm. in uh, in and around uh, downtown Boston. I see. So that makes me happy. Along those same lines, the Brattle is getting a movie. It's getting the Love Live movie, but that's not related to Tsunami at all. I just figured I'd mention that. <laughs> For our listeners who By do way, play Love Live obsessively on their iPhones. Yes, Paul. It's uh, worth noting that this does not have the 3D portion that I guess was in Japan. Good. We, oh. uh, me and Jim had actually asked uh, Justin that when we interviewed him. Um, mm-hmm. And they they didn't the 3D portion didn't come over because apparently there was a version of it in 3D over in Japan, but we uh, didn't get that version. There might have been an IMAX version too, actually. I'm not I sure about that one. But... Either way, no loss for me because I can't handle 3D. So no, you it's can't. A pretty stupid. No, because I got I get humongous. I get horrific migraines. Also, isn't it 3D. kind of an oxymoron to have a 2D animated 3D film? Yeah, I know. It's like, huh? Why? Uh, no, it doesn't. It's kind of like Paul's way of thinking. I have to admit, though. I mean, I've I've seen that kind of thing done before, and it it can look cool, but yeah, it's it's just a gimmick. Those things always wear off in the middle of the film. Whenever I see it, the only movie I specifically went to see in 3D one time, even though I saw it uh, normally as well, was Pacific Rim because come on, giant robots mm-hmm. in 3D. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. I would not have been able to handle it at all. Yeah, that's understandable. Well, let's face it. We've been kind of putting off talking about Dragon Ball Super. So we really should mention mostly a few from things. lack of <laughs> Mostly from lack of information. No, we ain't hating on Dragon Ball Super. It's just that we didn't have anything. And, no, we do. Yeah. Please continue, Sketch. <laughs> we also had a lot of things to talk about in the past couple of episodes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> this is true. But as it's Dragon true. Ball Super will be beginning... Uh, this sunday <laughs> july 5th uh it's about time we talk about it and we got some story details i think this is going to be the synopsis for the first episode after defeating majin buu life is peaceful once again ordered by chi chi to earn money goku has to work even though he wants to train uh, goten's about to become the brother-in-law of videl so i guess they're getting married and he is setting out on a journey with trunks to find her a present no nah, isn't that nice wow that sounds like filler <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to figure out when the plot comes in give us about three more episodes and we'll have our thoughts yeah <laughs> so we know that the characters from battle of gods uh beers and whiz they are both in this, and uh, there'll be more characters related to them. Uh, I think uh, Champa was the name of the character mentioned recently, mm-hmm. the kind of fat-looking beers. Yeah. So they're, yeah, they're all booze. They're all booze. Yeah. Boo. Because Dragon Ball is just full of name puns. Just just mm-hmm. look it up. There's there's so many. Kr- Krillin's name means nut. Or Kurorin. <laughs> 
<laughs> stuff like that and we don't even Come have on krillin up krillin we, we don't we do not even have to i it's obvious with stuff like trunks and dr brief <laughs> oh yeah underwear uh, well actually bulma is um, bloomers her names actually sounds close enough to bloomers yes yeah. which they actually referenced well, in the original in the dub <laughs> of the original dragon ball yeah I was gonna. I was gonna say it's interesting that we haven't heard anything. Speaking of Funimation, from them about like a possible simul dub for this, because I think we would have heard something by now. Well, I'm thinking. Bear in mind, again, things like Comic Con are around the corner. Right, but there again, like you would you would expect, being that coming up this Sunday and it's not too far away, like you would expect some kind of announcement. If they were doing a simul dub, but there again, yes. they could announce they could announce at Comic Con at San Diego Comic Con that they do have the series. So, and who knows? when is San Diego Comic Con? Uh, July twelfth. Well, July twelfth is one of the days, and yeah. uh, Toonami will have uh, events at San Diego Comic Con as we've mentioned yeah. briefly before. Jason and mm-hmm. Gil will be doing a live pre-flight in costume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Should be fun. They're giving away free T-shirts too, by the way. Again. Aw, oh, t-shirt Santas. The Lich King will be dressed so as the Lich King. And, uh... So, so Sketch, oh. what are you doing? <laughs> uh... You going down to San Diego Comic-Con? No, he's not. I am broke. Sorry. <laughs> I would love to, but, world. uh... I, there's no way I could even get into Comic-Con now. <laughs> that that would have no. took some preparation. Oh, <laughs> Oh, I could have probably got you. Uh, no. you, you think no. you have that much clout, but... Well, see, well, we admire your confidence, you. but 10% you. chance. You could get me into New York Comic Con. But let me tell you something. <laughs> oh, here it comes, people. You're going to fly all the way from the West Coast to get into New York Comic Con? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that's a con <laughs> that you could get me into. I'm not saying that I would go. Yes. Well, hey, hey, Chris who we only mentioned in passing. (laughs) I actually had to go back and get his pass from New York Comic Con because they were being stupid about it. So I actually had to pick up a phone, or well, not pick up a phone, but email them in a somewhat professional manner and tell them to give him a pass. And they did. So. Well, bravo. I can work my magic, don't worry. I'm sure our listeners care about this very deeply. No, they don't. No, they don't. Yeah. So, Dragon Ball Super starts this Sunday, and this Saturday, as we have mentioned on the website, albeit late, because apparently I'm lazy. Yes, you are. <laughs> they admit... But no one's lazy as Paul. Yeah. We have a Dragon Ball Z Kai rerun, let me stress rerun, marathon of uh, recent episodes that will be running from midnight to 3 a.m., and then they will... And the night with the usual attack on Titan, because reasons. They say it's contractual, <laughs> so, but I don't know. <laughs> it could be. Contracts are weird like that. Used. Contracts are weird like that. So could we possibly see all the shows up through 3M do a million? Uh, well, it's reruns on a holiday weekend. Know. That's... It could happen, I'll, but... It, it could happen. I'll be thankful if we maybe pull 800k on everything. 
Uh, actually, yeah, I don't think it as we're about to mention in the ratings, like average, yeah. uh, Dragon Ball Kai isn't even the highest rated show on Toonami lately. <laughs> well, in a most recent week, anyway. <laughs> hey, that's a good enough segue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So let's get into our ratings. The recent Saturday of June 20th, 2015. The 18 to 49 ratings. Dragon Ball Z Kai, 653,000. Kill la Kill, 694,000. Michiko and Hachin's premiere, 697,000. Oh! Sword Art Online followed with 690,000. Dang. Damn, that's impressive. Yes, it is. I didn't think it would keep up after Michiko and Hachin. It manages to keep up a little bit longer with Naruto Shippuden pulling in 642,000. Very good night. And One Piece followed with 574,000. And the Attack on Titan rerun ended the night with 439,000. Very good night for Toonami. Mm-hmm. Where, oddly enough, DBZ Kai was not the favorite son. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's up with that. I mean... Sometimes the rest of the lineup picks up the slack. I think there was definitely a decent amount of hype for the premiere of Michiko and Hachin. Uh, hey, what do you know? Airing promos relentlessly does something. <laughs> People are loving Michiko and Hachin, though. As well they should. And people that were worried that Sword Art wouldn't pan out at 1.30. Come on. <laughs> that was a real good night for Sword Art. People are going to watch Sword Art no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. It's only a half hour later. You'll live. And besides, it'll set up nicely for uh, Akamega Kill when that ends, if they keep it oh, uh, going that yeah. way. No, I think oh, uh, Akamega Kill will end up replacing Kill a Kill. But, mm. I mean, it, in that time slot, exactly. They, they did say they did say that it was going to replace Kill the Kill when it uh, mm. ends. Okay, so I'm ahead of I'm ahead of myself. Yeah. Yep. Replace as, much as, to, as much well, as I don't want Kill the Kill to end, as much as I want it to rerun, you know. Well, I real just quick. See more booty. <laughs> well, real quick, as we know, that could change. So, right, but right now, that's what they said back uh, at Momocon. They said that it was going to replace Kill the Kill. So, but that could change. Which makes sense. You, know. you put the dub premiere. As early as possible. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Especially since Akamega Kill hasn't even had a media release yet. Yeah, exactly. No, it hasn't. Right. The total viewer ratings. Dragon Ball Z Kai, 1,157,000. Kill a Kill, uh, 1,180,000. Michiko and Hachin, 1,141,000. Sword Art Online, 1,080,000. Naruto ship it in nine hundred and ninety-eight thousand. Ooh, missed it by that much. Mm-hmm. One Piece eight hundred and eighty-eight thousand, and Attack on Titan seven hundred and twelve thousand. Too so. many eights this week. So that is a lot of eights. <laughs> crazy eights. Them crazy eights. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really good night of tsunamis. Nice to see people. It seemed like there was a lot of activity on on that night. That was, um. Am I correct in saying the first night that we had the perfect trend? Or was that yeah. or was that the week after? Um that was the week after. Okay. That was week two that we trended uh all the time. Sweet. So 
which was this week too. <laughs> and the Correct. hits keep yep. coming. Yes, we had another perfect trend. Woo! Twitter must have up, changed people. their algorithm again. I think it's just because it's summer. The algorithm could have uh, changed in our favor. That is that is also true. I, why else were we not trending? I, I don't care <laughs> yeah. why it's why it's working now. I just want it to stay working. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you, exactly. United States trends, tsunami and hashtag tsunami trended during One Piece and Attack on Titan. Hashtag DBZ Kai. Also on the West Coast showing. Go West Side. Hashtag Kill a Kill. Hashtag Michiko and Hachin. Which managed to get number four at one point. Uh, hashtag Sword Art Online 2. Hashtag Ship It In. Hashtag One Piece. And hashtag Attack on Titan. Which seems to be misspelled here. That is not wrong. Um, it actually, when it trended, it was misspelled. I don't. We don't know why. We have no idea why it did it that way. But when it trended, it trended that way. It was your fault. Well, close enough. <laughs> no. Yep. <laughs> yeah, close enough. Yeah, you know, it probably it was Paul's favorite. fault. He probably typed out the no, no, wrong one. No, 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 one. no, no, no. I double checked. I double checked what I tweeted out. I double checked. I actually triple checked that, and I did not. Which, by the way, I, was I like, always have to triple check Sword Art Online too. Because when I tweet with my phone app, it pops up things automatically, and it gives me multiple things to select from. And I see two sort of online twos that look exactly the same, but I know one of them's wrong. <laughs> so I have to type it out myself. One of them has the Roman numerals, the other one doesn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. one of them has uppercase I's, one of them has lowercase L's. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because people Cause don't understand how normal people don't know how Roman numerals work. Right. You want to know how I learned my Roman numerals? The Super Bowl. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Before the NFL became Pravda. Mm. Uh. So here's the tweet counts. Tsunami over 9,000. 9,793 tweets. Okay, so it is indeed over 9,000. Say it, Napa. No, 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 Over There's no way that can be right. Yep. <laughs> oh, but it is. And Jason referenced that meme today because <laughs> I believe his uh, his personal Tumblr has reached over nine thousand. <laughs> Good on him. Hashtag tsunami got five thousand six hundred and five tweets, and hashtag Sword Art Online two. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> got three thousand four hundred and sixty tweets. And Tumblr trend, Toonami. Uh, oh, I guess we have even more statistics here. Uh, hashtag killer kill stat tweets reports that a 900% increase in popularity at uh, 9.37 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That would have been 12. Which means people were reading at the right time. Good. Mm-hmm. And Sword Art Online 2 reported a 560% increase in popularity at 10.57 uh, Pacific Standard Time. Yeah, we should be able to trend DBZ Kai this upcoming week, I would think. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's a holiday, so that could trending stuff has been quite uh, trending stuff has been quite uh, simplified for this week. Yeah, yeah, just two shows. Just, just 
get on your phone, say Kamehameha, but DBZ hashtag, DBZ Kai hashtag in a wall, trying to regardless what you're doing. Yeah. Just outside, launch a firework, DBZ Kai, boom. Yeah, but we probably will be competing for from uh, several other hashtags, seeing as it is a holiday weekend. Yeah, stars and stripes forever, baby. Mm-hmm. Celebrating American independence by blowing up Chinese fireworks. <laughs> nope. Don't be drinking. <laughs> yeah, blowing up Chinese fireworks, watching Japanese cartoons while drinking American beer. <laughs> or whatever your favorite is. Guinness. Australian. Then. Irish. <laughs> of course it Forces is. Forces. Australian for beer. <laughs> <laughs> do they still make that stuff? They do. And I, I actually had Foster's once. I thought it was gross. So, oh, God. I had it in Italy I'm, when I went there to research a game. It's like, oh, God, no, 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 no. Yeah, Give me the good, wine. So, I'm not, so at least I didn't get a bad batch. <laughs> yeah. no, it's, uh, it's just terrible all around. Well, that's that's just great. And this is coming from somebody who does really know his booze. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have some late-breaking news fresh from Anime Expo. Another Sentai Filmworks series, Parasite the Maxim, will be broadcasting on Toonami this fall. According to Sentai's press release, the series is currently scheduled for October, but detailed schedule information will be released as soon as it becomes available. In their press release, they describe the series as such. Parasite the Maxim chronicles a silent, sinister alien invasion that follows 17-year-old Shinichi, whose life gets seriously complicated, when one would-be invader assumes control of his right hand. The series originally broadcast on Nippon TV in Japan last fall, so that's a great turnaround, and it is produced by Madhouse, and adapted from the groundbreaking sci-fi horror manga created by Hitoshi Iwaiki. We're all very excited at this news that there will be another Sentai series coming to Toonami so soon, and I am personally excited that this series in particular is coming to Toonami because I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I look forward to seeing it on Toonami. We will be discussing this development thoroughly in future episodes, but until then, we wanted to make sure that everybody had heard the good news. And with that, I return you to the rest of the podcast. Yes, let us begin our recaps with Kill a Kill. Yay! Kill a Kill, episode 20. Far from the matting crowd. In Osaka, Ryuko is taunted by Nui and Ragyo, who tell her to come to Hinoji Academy if she wants to kill them. Mikisugi warns Ryuko that it's clearly a trap, but she lashes out at everyone over her anguish before leaving to face Ragyo and Nui by herself. After discovering that Satsuki is alive, the rebellion forces also set out to the Academy, riding their battleship, the Naked Soul, provided by a pant named Takarada. Mako's family invites themselves along the way, of course. And Ryuko arrives at the Academy and faces off with Nui, while the Rebellion forces attack the Academy. During the distraction, Satsuki makes her move, slaughtering covers with just her sharpened false toenails, because Satsuki. Somehow she managed to grow her base nail in like an inch in about 40 minutes. I don't get how that worked. 
Ryuko. She pulled a weapon X Wolverine. <laughs> Apparently. Ryuko manages to stab Nui in the chest, finally. But, of course, Nui reveals that she is an artificial life form born of the life fibers like her. In her rage, Ryuko fails to notice that she has been stitched by Nui during the battle, allowing her to be forced into Junkets. The Elite Four arrive to assist Sasuke's escape, while Ryuko's memories are rewritten, showing her visions of a happy life with her mother and life fibers. Satsuki and the Elite Forces escape to the Naked Soul, but the ship is immediately attacked by Ryuko, trapped in Junkets. Samugu attempts to defend the ship with his custom DTR, but is easily knocked aside. Suddenly, Satsuki emerges from the ship wearing Senkets, the two of them having set aside their differences to stop Ryuko. Yes. Uh, now we have to ask the question, who wore Senkets better? Ryuko or Sasuke? You know... I'll just say Ryuko for the point, because <laughs> I'm still pissed off. They swapped roles the first I don't, I don't know. When Satsuki <laughs> shows up wearing Senkets for the first time, obviously they're not synced, but when she shows up wearing that outfit, I was like, ooh, schoolgirl. I know, right? <laughs> Ryuko's just, you know, punk rock. <laughs> yeah. Catch has got a crush. No, it's Donnie's that uh, it's crushing on Satsuki hard. <laughs> but I like the fact that Satsuki's actually 18. <laughs> so these feelings are not unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> it's a legal crush. <laughs> oh, thank you. Donnie was always over 18. <laughs> Yep, so we have... I, I, I still enjoy the beginning. It's like, oh, look, it's Lino all over again. <laughs> right if we got cock-blocked by Tigra. Okay, is this really necessary? Apparently so. Then again, I've had issues ever since Rogio started joining the show. Yeah, you you seem to, to really change your opinion on how much you liked Kill a Kill. I liked it in the beginning. It was okay. And then Rogio shows up and it's like, okay... I can see where Satsuki's going. She's going to kill her mama. Totally fine. And then, oh, look, Big Jaws moment. Like, why? Why have Satsuki turned into an anti-hero at that point? That's my whole problem. It, it, it's just like Satsuki was a perfectly fine villain. Leave it at that. And no, they decide just to completely denounce her character by beating the living crap out of her and having her get raped by her own mom. Not to mention and... every mind raped and every other rape that's happened within the last week. <laughs> Super down, Super down. No, I, oh. I personally like the decision to make Satsuki an anti-hero. It's a complete, it's a completely unexpected twist. Yeah, exactly. It's like what Viral did, and um, I'm still picking Viral my job off the floor. Yeah, it's kind of like what Viral did, but but Viral was Viral's was a little more preemptive, where it's like you knew he was struggling with what he saw was the truth. In the case with Satsuki, it's basically okay. It's Satsuki being Satsuki, and then shit gets crapped out of her, which you figure Ryuko would have done even if they had kept this thing, and then she's kidnapped by her mom, berated, raped, and then finally gets out. It's just kind of like, okay. I think you're harping on the rape stuff a little hard, considering what's coming next. <laughs> but anyway. We'll have fun with that, Jim. <laughs> oh, I will. <laughs> oh, boy. As oh, millions shit. of others have. <laughs> you have no idea. Mommy bad touch. Uh, cer certainly did bad Mommy touch. But... Yeah, that was. I'm not defending those. No, I'm not going to no, defend no, those scenes no, at all. No one's going to defend those like, scenes because it's it's all all it's, it's like. Oh, hey, Ragio's like, freebie. But why does this matter? Yeah. <laughs> why does this need to be in there? Why does yeah. it matter? Yeah, I mean, yes, but she was spanking Sasuke. 
Yeah, what's with <laughs> what? In the cage? There's what? so much wrong with Rogue at this point. Again, this is why I, I'm like, why don't we just keep Satsuki as the villain? I mean, I could have cared less about Rogue. It's like, just keep Satsuki as the villain. She's way better than her mom. Her, it, it just, why go with the Big Jaws approach? Okay, we're fighting each other. Rawr, what was that? Oh my god, it's Big Jaws. Oh my god, now we have to work together we have a common enemy. Felt the need to up scale, uh, I guess. And just, just do a DBZ, ratchet the power up to 15 and watch everything explode. But in many instances, there's nothing wrong with that, especially when you consider how many people like it, liked uh, that admittedly shallow arc in Dragon Ball Z. But at least they're building character at the same time as well. Hmm. So, I mean, it's all really, really subtle. But if you have seen it, um, there's a reason why everybody ships uh, Mako and Gamagori and you're seeing it. That I like. (laughs) That's good. And we've also seen Satsuki grow as a character as well. Because she's not just, you know, evil McEvil pants because I'm evil. Yeah, she's that's like, right. Oh, yeah, I got this. It's like oh, yeah, she actually a... had more substance to her than her mom did. So just like, okay, keep her in the same position, off the mom. Then you could still keep Satsuki as a good written villain and not just have the, oh, look, I'm the ultimate badass because I have god life fiber alien powers. But it's also better story-wise because they explain this earlier instead of pulling a final boss switcheroo uh, or pulling a Far Cry 3, as it were, where this one guy who's been terrorizing you the entire game, all of a sudden you beat him. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, game one. Oh, wait, you've got this other guy to take care of. And, you know, that's and they've actually tried to they've actually explained Ragio's rationale. Yeah, she so is there's incredibly a, there's a twisted. Like, what she did to Ryuko in this episode in particular, that's, that's mm-hmm. just cruel. Although I do have to say, I do like evil Erica Mendez. Oh, yeah. Evil Erica. <laughs> I like evil Erica Mendez, but I, I loved girly Ryuko. <laughs> oh, yes, mother! <laughs> <laughs> that's so against type. That feels so against type for Erica in general, having talked yeah, to her. Yeah, it kind of like, sounded yeah. like her regular voice. From when we interviewed, actually, kind of did. Yeah, so I, I guess that's basically it. But she she was mentioning that it was like playing three different characters in that episode. Yeah, and bravo, <laughs> bravo, because you were great in all three. GFOP, Eric Mendez. <laughs> this was an interesting twist. So, what a twist! Yeah, it's I can understand people getting annoyed at twist after twist after twist with Kill a Kill because there's a lot. There, there really is. There are too, uh, yeah. too much. There's enough too, to make. There's enough to soon, make your head spin. No, hardly. I think it's uh, one an episode, especially when they're continually ratcheting up the stakes like they have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just see it being too predictable. Like I said on Twitter, how is it predictable? Save, rush in, save Scotty, get the hell out, find Ryuko, snap her out of her funk, go back to the academy, beat Rogio. Well, having not seen the entire series, I don't know how this is going to end up, and knowing Trigger like we do. I have a feeling they've got something else. At least one more right. thing. I'll, it's I'll not going to come to a conclusion. Of course they got to snap Ryuko out. She's the main character. Of course. Right. But I just feel that it's like there, there's an obvious preset arc at this point. It's like, okay, th- some of these things are more than likely going to happen. We don't know the exact these. And as I said, it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe 50 to 75% correct on the overall ideology. But that's me. I'll well, still watch it. I watch the entirety of Attack on Titan. Going by... Your thought that Satsuki should have remained the villain, then then what would have been the ending? Ragyo, Ragyo's dealt with, and then Satsuki and Ryuko just keep fighting? Yeah, you'd had the war between all the Goku and Burns versus, uh, uh, in a speech. 
big war for Japan. Maybe a bit more cliche, but at the very least, it would have made slightly more sense to me than, okay, she backstabs her mom, and then it's like, oh, yeah, now I'm the bigger villain. It's like, you barely built up anything apart from the fact that you're a crazy psycho bitch who wants the world to be silent. That's pretty boring, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that was that would be about as predictable as predictable could get. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah, really go anywhere. It just kind of stays the same. It might have worked for a 13-episode series, but even then, that would have been way too cliche. Way too easy. I mean, anybody could have... Sometimes, oh, look, obvious fan service. Plus, you also have to explain the whole life vibes thing now we somehow. To, but now we, come to the, now we come to the root of it. It's all about the fan service. Oh, I, I, I could care less about the fan service. My problem is it's... I just... I just I just don't like Ragio. It's like, okay. Well, you you're supposed no to hate her. Like, you're supposed to hate <laughs> Sugo. Yeah, I mean, it's, but it's the revenge. Is there's no basis for hating her at that point. It's just, hi, I'm here. I'm the ultimate villain. Now you have to fight me. Oh, there was basis. Wasn't the whole point? Oh, there's, ba- there's base to fire. There would have been no basis to uh, hate her had they gone the Far Cry 3 route. Where they did, where by the way Satsuki Satsuki's defeated. By the way, I'm the by the way I'm in the actual mastermind. No build up, no nothing. But they're building up. up. At best, it was okay. She's obviously crazy, and then it's okay. Well, Satsuki's gonna kill her because that's we've already preempted that. The only difference is it's okay. She just doesn't die. You would figure, well, let her die. Satsuki's the better character, anyways. But whatever. Yep. That was a debate. Want to go to the Twitter stuff? Yeah. We're going to have a whole lot of debate in the next section, folks. <laughs> Cue went into a wonderful episode. This is going to be a long one. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Let's get into the Toonami Talkbacks for the various opinions on this episode. SL, the FMA, writes in, The roles have changed. The one you thought to be the hero is now the villain, and the villain is now the hero. Love this episode. I'll give it two episodes. Maybe one if they want to speed it up. <laughs> well, they're getting so towards the end. Punk, so. There's, yeah, there's like what five? There's what four, four episodes four left? Four episodes, yeah. Really? Okay. Wow. Yeah, the, it's a uh, twenty-four episodes. This yeah. is episode twenty, so yeah, four episodes. Well, there is four a episodes. there is an OVA, but uh, I don't think they're gonna show that. No. Uh, when have they ever aired an OVA on Toonami outside of like the Tenchi series? Uh, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sick of hearing that. Because we could have got Roberta's blood trail if y'all had done right. Yeah. Hey, just, technically, we, technically, we did get an OVA in Helsing Ultimate. Well, that's an OVA. Yeah, because yeah, that was directed video. But talking yeah, about tag on OVA. Helsing's like Tenchi is is like the original Tenchi series. It's a it, it, it's a collection of standalone episodes, basically. Almost they they all interconnected. So I don't even know how to explain it really. All right, enough talking about OVAs. <laughs> Blatch Zero writes in episode twenty of Kill a Kill may have been even more gripping on Tsunami than when I first saw the sub. Hey, I know. Ripping. Our friend Blue Alexander, who is now going by Sound of Azure on Twitter, <clears throat> wrote in, To be fair, if I found out my real mother was a touchy-feely whack job, I'd go a little mental, too. Yes. Yeah. And more than likely, I'd drug you up in a middle psych ward somewhere. <laughs> TKA256 writes in, so let's just call Ragio Mommy Bad Touch for the foreseeable future. Chandu. Yeah, thanks for stealing what Sketch always says. No, 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 no. Jen came up with that one. And Rob ah, attention. okay, yeah. And Jen, we wish was here. Gotta... We really wish was she's here. In... 
She was oh, no. way, she was too busy having fun at Hershey Park, uh, P, Hershey Park in Pennsylvania, which is uh, like where all the chocolates made. Yeah, she dressed up like I love Lucy today, sure. man. <laughs> oh yeah, the chocolate factory. I love Lucy. Yes. <laughs> nice. And she fed ducks. Oh yes. Oh yeah. By the way, Jen, I'm touching all those sketch right now. Ooh, I'm touching your bag. No, Darrell don't know <laughs> Yamate. <laughs> Sean Colton, you're next. Austin Guest writes in, there were so many twists in the twist that Ryuko and Satsuki switched clothes amidst the confusion. Hmm. It, mm. I guess. There should have been some kind of joke about it not real, about the clothes not really fitting. Meow yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 900, our friend Allison writes in, now if only yes. I knew a person who had the same heart as me that could pull it out of their chest to prove it. <laughs> Very, I would gross kids. Uh, I'd be the worst substitute teacher ever. Hey, kids, what's your heart? Like, hey, kids, look what I... We're going to do anatomy of the heart today, kids. Here you go. Ah! I don't think it's what? supposed to look like that. It's all stringy. That's what it's supposed to look like. It's like, yeah, I'm a special case like that. That's what an anatomically correct heart looks like. Yeah, that's it. Hey, kids, who here likes Indiana Jones? Kalima! Kalima! <laughs> Phantom Star 162 writes in, love the fact that Satsuki fights naked just like Raiden in Metal Gear Solid. Amazing how you walk around like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious if that's actually like an intentional thing that they did. Like just to, to just intentionally have her running around naked. Uh, well, she does that. everybody else is pretty much naked. It's a point of the show. <laughs> The, the thing about this, yeah, that's the thing, is that Kill a Kill, it ends up being a pun regarding clothing, and we all know, for all we know of the Japanese loving their puns to pieces. Mm-hmm. I see it as a show that involves confidence, friendship, and uh, trust that's all based on a whole lot of fan service and really, really, really weirdly designed clothing. Hmm. The real Don East writes in, Satsuki is the queen, not just of Kill a Kill, but of all of Toonami. Shut the yes, Jim Cat's back, she's more of a duchess. <laughs> Sipping tea like a bouse. <laughs> yeah, you gotta imagine that all the, uh, the rest of the people on the ship were like, oh, I see, she gets her own little chair and umbrella, you know, because she's Satsuki. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, she got the eventually you, you get somebody in the Elite Four who gets jealous enough of that stuff. It's like, f*** this noise. I want my tea as well. <laughs> Knowing her, she'd probably give it to him. No, they're all very devoted to her. I know. Yeah. Ah, no kidding. <laughs> but, uh... Friendship is magic They're devoted case. to Sasuke the way I'm devoted to a bottle of... Don't booze. you love how Jacuzzi <laughs> Ray was all like, well, I could push him off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> And our last talk back comes from Lord Terminal. Damn it, why do we have to wait two weeks just when things turn to holy shit factor up to 11? <laughs> Agreed. A lot of shows could be placed in that regard. Uh, yeah, such as the show we're just about to talk about. Oh, baby, come. Woo! Hey, Terrell, Keenan and uh, Kel. Oh, here ah! it goes. <laughs> and I went to you. We are right. Keenan and Kel. <laughs> i've been warned folks sit back relax and enjoy the ride yeah mostly because this is going to be handling uh inappropriate for children material so you have been warned 
Well, then again, we have the disclaimer at the uh, front of the podcast. Yeah, so. we do have the disclaimer yeah. at the front of the podcast, but I still but, like. But it. this one deserves a secondary disclaimer. Yeah, this 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 deserves a disclaimer upon the disclaimer because, yeah, this is this is some serious stuff. Warning: The following may prevent you from enjoying any anime ever again. <sighs> Just like Scooby. Eh? <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, oh, not quite that bad. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that's that's saying a lot. At least school days was <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. lots to cover in this episode, so here we go. Sword Art Online 2. Shameful Boogaloo. <laughs> Sword Art Online 2, Episode 13, Phantom Bullet. Kirito continues his fight with Death Gun, who is proving very formidable. Xenon watches from afar, trying to think of a way to help him. Meanwhile, Asuna, Yui, and Kirito's attendant worry about Kazuto's physical condition during the fight. Amidst the battle, Death Gun's red eyes remind Kirito of a picture of one of the Laughing Coffin Guild members that he saw during the briefing before the raid. He tells Death Gun he knows that he's Red Eye's Zaza, which seems to surprise Death Gun. In that moment, Sinon aims her rifle at Death Gun, creating a bullet line, catching Death Gun off guard. Kirito uses the moment of hesitation to attack Death Gun, but he has to act fast before Death Gun's cloaking device can activate. He reaches for his gun, firing a shot at Death Gun's shoulder, keeping the cloak from activating, and finishes him off by slicing his body in half. Because his wafu reminded him he actually has a gun. Death Gun disappears, vowing that he is not yet over. And Sinon and Kirito exchange info so Kirito can send the police to check on her when they log out. They discuss how they will finish the tournament, and Sinon tells Kirito a fight now wouldn't be satisfying. So she hands him a grenade and hugs him, allowing both of them to blow up, ending the tournament in a tie. And for some reason, people cheered for this. The Hunger, uh, Ga- Hunger Games bandit. The faces at that moment were just epic. It was just like, that did the novel so much as it's just like, here you go. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Grab you. Boom. It's just like, nothing says I love you like a grenade hug. Mm, I thought it was adorable. <laughs> yes, it was. Michelle played that so well. <laughs> and Yo, bro, hasn't Michelle Nervous played. giggle. <laughs> I know, hasn't right? Michelle played well in this? Waifu, uh, waifu beam. Oh uh, yes, uh, we have to. We yeah. have to say Michelle. Wave is, motion waifu beam. Michelle has <laughs> been phenomenal in this series, and Atlas. nothing can say more than her performance in this episode, which yes. took many, many yeah. levels. And oh boy! Now we go from cheering to. <laughs> Before logging out, Kirito takes note that Death Gun has had two more victims during BOV, which would imply that he has more than one accomplice. When Shino logs out, she finds her friend Shinkawa at the door. He says that he has come over to congratulate her, and she is relieved to see him, and lets him in. As they chat, Shinkawa works up the nerve to make romantic advances. This is not something that hasn't happened before. He embraces her and tells her that he loves her, but she pushes him away. Shinkawa pulls out a medical syringe, telling her that the drug would paralyze her. Shino realizes that Shinkawa is Death Gun's 
accomplice. Shinkawa admits that he was actually starving before the BOV and killed Zexseed for lying about AGI builds, but choose to let his brother play the role this time because he didn't want anyone else touching Shino in real life. Shinkawa admits that his obsession with her is linked to her ability to kill someone in real life, and he would never be able to find anyone like her. Shino breaks down and fears what could happen when Kirito actually came to see her, but she envisions Sinon encouraging her to fight back. When Shino tries to escape, Shinkawa attempts to kill her, but Kazuto, who Shino recognizes as Kirito, bursts through the door holding him back, yelling for her to run. That's the summed up version. That's the summed up version, yes. <sighs> what a freaking cliffhanger! Ah. God, I hated that ending so much. Oh, why they ended there. So you'd keep watching, of course. I, I, I'll i agree. Yes, I'm just like, why there? Get to the ending. That was a good chapter. God damn it. Let's read the whole Twitter things before we get into this. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because I'm I had a better idea. Yeah, because I'm going to I have to give an evaluation of this. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh... So, let me start out by saying, first half was really good. Yeah. Epic battle finale. And, uh, hey, you know, for Death Gun, always acting like he's Darth Vader, dude went out like Darth Maul. Except <laughs> 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 yeah. there was no pit. But at least this time, at least this time we got to see his second half. Yeah. Also, <laughs> or maybe, or maybe that was Death Gun's better. explosion first? Did he blow up his I gun? Got... I don't... No, no, his his gun was destroyed when Sinon shot it. Right. He, he shot her scope, he, she blew up his gun. I'm figuring, at best, he may have hit a grenade, but I know in the actual novel, it was like, no, he just cuts him in half and he dies. It's like, so they just wanted to end with a bang, I guess. Yep. Yep. Weird, but okay. Interesting choice to, uh, at the point where he reaches for his gun and he holds it out, but you see over that a vision that it's a sword. <laughs> Again, two swords. My gun out. is I my sword. Dual wielding activity. I shall be right back. But uh, as suggested, we're going to go ahead and read the many talkbacks, giving many, many different opinions on this episode before we really delve into it. <laughs> oh, is we going to delve into it? Frank Fullmetal writes in. And Mad Hacks Super Kirito is victorious. Needs one more axe, but it's okay. <laughs> we'll forgive <laughs> you. Was there ever any doubt? <laughs> Rame Helix writes in, Kirito was just lucky. In real life, the beater would have gotten shot in the head. Think about that. Well, no, no, no. No. He actually was able to physically attack Sugo, an adult man, who, of <laughs> course, is a bit scrawny, but still... And he was able to uh, overpower Shinkawa in that moment, at least in that moment. Yeah, you but know, at, also at the same time. Also at the same time, Kirito is built like a string bean. Yeah. So. so Adrenaline. It helps. Eh. It does. Yeah, he's. His, most of his. None of his hacks actually works in real life, but he's not entirely incapable of defending himself and other people. He's. Well, he did take up Kendo for a Yeah, there bit, you so. go. He did. He did take Kendo. And apparently did not get any muscles from it. Some people just can't build muscle. I guess so. Well, continuing on. 
Victor Monjares writes in, Sword Art Online 2 last night did bring back memories of what I had to endure less than two years ago. Such a turnaround. Kazuto Kirito became the greatest hero of all time again last night. You tweet me another protagonist who fought rapists. Alucard. Alucard. <laughs> and, and Alucard could kill Kirito with a look. Yes, he could. <laughs> Human versus vampire, the vampire always wins. How about we just throw Victor in? Cut off his head? Is that all? (laughs) (laughs) I love that line. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very curious to uh, what he's alluding to that uh, it brought back memories of that. That sounds like an interest, possibly an interesting story. Maybe maybe you should email us about that. But uh, you know, if it's too personal, Uh, if it's not too personal, if it's not too personal, you know, even if it is personal. (laughs) <laughs> this isn't a tsunami podcast. I don't know. <laughs> it's the, the tsunami dear uh, Abby podcast. <laughs> uh, dear John. Dear John. I don't know. Well, no, that's a dear, whatever the fuck yeah. is. It's something. Yep. Yeah. So, well, Kirito is. Yeah, he's he's not such a bad guy, but come on, there's other characters on tsunami that have fought rapists. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I think I'm there's sure probably that, um, at least five. I believe it was alluded to that... Um, help me out, Darrell. Um, the guy, um, Segunda Etapa Murcielago. Uh, uh, Grim, no, not Grimjaw, but like another Espada guy. Uh, damn it, I'm, I'm trying to think, man. I know who it is, but I can't think of top of my it's head. on the tip of my friggin' tongue. Huh. But I, it's, I believe it was strongly implied that this bad guy had his way with Orihime as well. We don't uh, know for sure, but it's, it was strongly implied, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, yeah, that guy. Uh, Ukiora. Ukiora, yeah, Ukiora. Yeah, That's what it was, Ukiora. I don't, I don't think that he really did stuff to Orihime. I believe it was implied. Or, or unless it was it wasn't Orihime. No, I'm thinking of uh, Aizen uh, somehow, if I remember correctly on this as well. Uh, it's always about, Aizen. It was, it was heavily implied that Aizen also had his way with um, uh, Boob Lady. Um, Holly Bell. No, not Holly Bell. Um, Soul Reaper. Oh. Uh, uh, Rangiku? Rangiku, yes. I believe that was uh, uh, that was implied that uh, uh, Eisen had his way. Are you not just reading people. fan fiction? No, I I thought I remembered hearing this from one of my buddies that I used to work with, who is a big Bleach fan. So. Are you sure he's not reading fan fiction? Yes, because that's just not who Dave is. <laughs> Wrong show. Wrong show. Yeah, let's. Well, we brought Bleach back tonight. What you gonna do? Apparently. About? Uh, yeah, we, we did bring Bleach back tonight, but we'll get to that in a moment. <coughs> Speaking of Bleach... Yeah, well, not quite yet. SL the FMA writes in, This fight was one of the best in the SAO series. Others can't really top it. Also, Bleach fans must love this episode. Not in the least bit, and you know no why. Get, no gets a good 10 show. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. No. no, but I do no, agree. It doesn't, this was, it doesn't work it that way. Fight. Yeah, Bankai doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. Yeah. Dowd Factrian writes in, Can someone explain to me why Laughing Coffin wasn't rounded up and locked away? Yes. I can. If it involves the books, 
no, the books do not f***ing matter. Well, they kind of matter. Yeah, actually, in this case, they do matter because, right, as Kirito had mentioned in the anime, they If you would let me make my them. point real quick, if you would let okay. me make my point real fast, the books have not been legally released here in the United States. That's true. So yeah. basically, by saying turn to the books, you are encouraging piracy of the light novels. I thought they were released. I know they had a couple released already. I don't think they went. Th if they did, they didn't go this far. Yeah. I believe I saw a Sword Art manga at uh, Anime Yeah, they Matsuri. had the manga oh, out for sure. They've, they've released the light novels. I know they have. But I don't believe they've gotten this far. Let me double check. I, I swear, because, because one of my friends has bought them. He's at D&D &D with me. Uh, Sword Art Online 1 was released April 22nd, 2014. Uh, the second scenario was August 26, 2014. Fairy Dance was December 16, 2014. Fairy Dance Part 2 was April 21st, 2015. Phantom Bullet will be released August 18th. So, not yet. Gotcha. Piracy, mother! <coughs> but, uh... Even, but, yeah. but, but even then, he explains it in the anime that they killed, like, 90% of them in, in the uh, attack on their stronghold. The ones that got away were locked permanently somewhere within a, uh, a Cinerad, I believe. It was my understanding, and this might only have been mentioned in the novel, that, uh... The people who were red players were monitored by the governments for a while to make sure that they, you know, they wouldn't kill people. I should think oh. that would fall under. I th should think that would fall under almost permanent things, almost like registering as a sex offender or something. Yeah. At least that's what I. At least there that's what my logic would dictate. Yeah, there was a whole lot of crap that occurred the whole post Sao incident that was like really confusing because. Most of the most of the data was locked out by the government. People couldn't access it. I think the main reason why was because they didn't want people trying to sue other people for what amounted to unprovable murder. Hmm. That was pretty much the main basis because if they had released the data, there's a huge mess of lawsuits is what they said in the light novels. I think it mostly goes back like to the early parts of Fairy dance, wow. I believe. This is some information yeah, that I don't thing. see. This is stuff that this is stuff that either should have been explained or yeah. see, it shouldn't be supplementary reading. Is my point right? Right, and 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 I'll agree with that. that also, that's why I said fairy dance was a little oh. underwhelming because they didn't explain anything really. Hmm. Well, go ahead, Paul. It also, it's also said in the in the series too that they not a lot of people know about. Uh, what happened in Sword Art? Only the people that are some of the players that actually are playing Gun Gale Online actually have heard of it, and yeah. obviously the events that happened there. But it's not something that's well known. The government has kind of kept it hush hush. So yeah, even Seal exactly. mentioned that in the cave. It, yeah. finding someone, finding a survivor of SEO was incredibly rare, and someone who was willing to right. talk about it no less was insanely rare. Yeah, exactly. So. But uh, yeah, there's. There's definitely some things that I've, I've recently seen a lot of people question the decisions of A1 Pictures or whoever was making the uh, choices on how to adapt this story arc and previous story arcs based on uh, things that should have been kept in from the books, things that have been changed from the books. Like, apparently this scene was a lot less... Uh, Graphic and gruesome. Yeah. No. Well, maybe it, not it, gruesome, but it, definitely. It was, uh, it was about the same. It 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 was pretty much the exact same. I mean, it's at least from what I've read, it was pretty much the exact same. I think I heard like, that Shino even realized that uh, Shinkawa was 
a psychotic stalker. Was a psychotic stalker like, and let him in anyway. Well, no, 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 no. What happened was, is it they they edit it to where rather than her leaving the house to go find Kirito, she just stays in there and he comes over. He finds her outside of her house and like, oh, okay. Well, how'd you get her? Oh, I was just in the I was just in the nearby park. Everything occurs and then she eventually realizes, wait, those three girls who were bullying me like three days ago, and he saved my butt. That wasn't coincidence. He was stalking me. And then there's the whole like, and, and, and they also shortened up why he became Death Gun. Because there's like a whole other point of, of like his family and stuff where he basically went on to say like he effectively had faked his own school grades and had lied about why he was diving into the virtual world. Like, and again, he was completely, <laughs> completely gone. They just they, they dumb it down to the bare minimum here. It's basically I love you. You killed somebody. My life utterly sucks. I forfeited all to GGO. Now that life's gone, so me, you, we're going to kill... Uh, I'll kill you, then I'll kill myself, and we'll all live happily ever after. Wow. Here's right. the. But again, it speaks to the core to another core problem. Your average fan isn't going to want to Eight, ten, read the light... Seven. Isn't going to want to read the light novels. Might not even know that the light novels even exist. Maybe, right. And you also might have a lot of people who are like, what's a light novel? Especially right. when you're on t- mainstream TV like Toonami, you might have somebody yeah. picking this up for the first time. And if this is the first episode wow. they've ever seen of it, they're going to be turned off not only on the show, but on anime in general, because this just reinforces the stereotypes that people have had about anime since the 80s. Yeah, but I I would also point out the fact that if you consider what happened when Shino, or when they go into Shino's backstory, it's more a matter of cultural difference. But you have to also be aware of that because we're on TV like this. You have to be more aware of your casual viewer who's probably up at this time of night, can't sleep. It's like, eh, let's see what's on the boob tube. Right. So, you know, you have to keep you have to keep that stuff in mind. Besides, we talked about the cultural difference <clears throat> the last time we brought a sword online, too. Exactly. True. So there's humongous cultural differences that your average viewer isn't going to be able to pick up on. So. Yeah, same thing with uh, season one of Sword Art yeah. Online. Yeah. Yeah. It was just one huge cultural block. That's why, yeah. having seen that, it, it was more like, huh. Well, I'll admit the VOs did a good job. Yes, they did. This is undisputably true. Yes. <clears throat> Continuing with these talkbacks, Allison writes in, Well, this is not the Bleach fan fiction I wanted to see tonight. No, it was not, Allison. No, it was not. <laughs> Oh, uh, Allison. You and it. your snark. <laughs> She's snarktastic. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is. Benjamin Pajon writes in, Remember, girls, don't friend zone a dude or he might turn out to be Death Gun. Also, bad JYB. No means no. This is the second time he's <laughs> that's happened in Sword Art. Wasn't he Oberon, if I remember correctly? No, that was Todd Abercorn. Or is it Todd Abercorn? Ah, okay. They all, they're all starting to sound the same. That is indeed a problem. With Johnny, you just need to kind of think reverse period. Oh, man, he was so, so creepy, breathy in this role. Thank you for playing the psychotic role so well, Johnny. That was incredible. Also, severely reduced puberty if you were talking to Raimon. Oh, Lord. My gosh. Those levels are high, man. (laughs) My gosh. Very expertly acted. Like, he he was... Man, that was... That was hard to listen to. That's got to be hell on his vocal cords, though. Uh, yeah, because uh, it sounded right. like he had to push a whole lot of air out. To... Yeah. Yeah. Lord Terminal writes in, Can I just say that no one 
in Sword Art Online 2 fandom except for lifeless basement dwellers defend this scene. But, yes, but, can. somebody yeah, responded to that tweet. Austin31Bennett responded, I thought it was a great scene. I'm sorry that you live in a world full of rainbows and sunshine, but I enjoy realism in my shows. Thank you. I agree. I agree. That's not exactly what I would no, call realism. No, this no, no, is, no, 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 no. These no. are attacks that happen in the real world, but I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's no, taste. Voice acting was great, but they oversold it. It's a stretch really to call it. that realistic but it's also it's also incredibly tasteless and grinds the plot to a screeching halt no it doesn't they built up to that since like episode three all right no they didn't yes they did there were multiple hint drops there were no there were multiple hint drops yes that he had feelings for her but not that he was gonna outright try to rape oh yeah 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 he he was a creeper yeah Yeah, the biggest uh, let's keep going with the tweets yeah KJ Senpai writes in, this is SAO at its worst. They think that they're smart by putting this stuff in, but they aren't. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this. (laughs) You ain't gonna contribute much. We have an email from (laughs) King Sean, who previously told us to just relax and enjoy Death Gun. Well, he has a retraction. He says, after the penultimate episode of the Death Gun arc, all I can say is I was wrong. Sword Art Online is quite painful, and the uh, the way the writing ruined the shining beacon of hilarity, True. trademark, that is Death Gun, True. is almost masterful. Then deciding the last half of the episode to, well, you know, was pretty off-putting. Does every arc of SAO need to end with an attempted rape on a female character? Not no, it every shouldn't. arc. Well, the first yeah, one didn't. I can read it on a really weird, oh, look, I managed to kill you after I died moment. Yeah, that's, uh... Odd. That was not, that's not odd. That's an ass pulse. Yeah. It is. <laughs> oh, actually, he had more thoughts to that. Uh, he says, well, at least Michiko and Hachin and Kill a Kill can balance out the blatant misogyny of SAO. And wearing, at least, uh, uh, like I keep on saying, with Kill a Kill, at least uh, that's at least tongue-in-cheek. Whereas Michiko and Hotchin, um, I need to watch it again. Mm. <laughs> Michiko and Hotchkin didn't even really have misogyny. Kill a kill is just, it almost reminds me of GXP in the way it just goes, look, boobs. And it just leaves it kind of like that. Hey, but boobs are awesome, though. Right, yeah, right. I, just, I still question the. Let's get through all Got this. a couple of thoughts yeah, from yeah. Mike Jin X89. This, uh,. He directed us to an older tweet, and he says, We've been over this last season. If you can't write an attempted rape without real meaning or purpose, then don't. Freaking SAO. And he also wrote, SAO's just not SAO unless the bad guy becomes an attempted rapist douchebag. Gotta make Kirito save the girl somehow. Watch the next episode. Yeah, you're in for... (laughs) Well, I don't want to spoil it. And Fabian... Bringing a lighter tone to this situation, Ricky Kawahara pulls out a paper labeled villain out of a hat. It says, rapey guy. Again, hat falls to the floor. They all say rapey guy. <laughs> Damn you, intern. That was pretty good. Damn it, Damn it, Fabian, you magnificent bastard. That might actually get promoted to million third class, man. <laughs> million third class. That's With all the cool. rights, privileges, and pay thereof. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Stars. Banana. So, 
So are we done having talkbacks and emails? No. no. Oh, dear Lord, no. This is horrible. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Seriously, there's like maybe one, uh, five or six more if you discount uh, mine. Uh, come on, hurry up. I want to I wanna disprove everybody. Continue. You're not going <laughs> to. No, you're not. Oh, I am, but continue. No, you won't. Uh, you're terrible at arguing things, Paul, but... Yeah, continue with the stupid. Starstorm writes in, <laughs> Why is Kayaba the only non-rapey bad guy in this series? It just feels like a cheap way to get a reaction from the viewer. Thank you. Exactly. I'll agree with, I'll agree with that, but Kayaba was only a non-rapey bad guy because he kind of had a really, really broad dream of being God, which he actually managed to accomplish. As a game designer, I actually kind of agree with the dude. It's just the whole idea of trapping people in the game with the death sentencing thing is kind of like, I think you're kind of going a little too far with that. And then he forgot why he did it. It's called a god complex. <laughs> yeah, there's forgot that. forgot why more... he did it. My gosh, that is terrible. Well, after two years of living a false life, I'm not that surprised. But it's kind of like, well, that, that, that okay, sure. I'm too deep. <laughs> I've, I, I've, I've, been Heath playing Heathcliff for so, I've been playing Heathcliff for so long, I actually kind of forgot why I even did this in the first place. Thank God you killed yourself. Yes. Continuing on, uh, this from uh, Blue Alexander. SEO2, you'd think this show would learn its lesson and not try to use sexual assault as a plot device, but nope, again. And no, I'm not saying I'm offended that it went down this edgy path again. I'm offended because it's a bad storyline. Bad storytelling. No, it's bad storytelling, plain and simple. Oh, wait till we're done. I'll let Paul go first. (laughs) <laughs> Andy Salcedo writes in I think I pronounced that right I do think yep. Sword Art could be reworked It would be less polarizing And a better show I wonder what will be the show That has the honor to replace Sword Art If so, will there be a parade for it? I also wonder <laughs> what will happen With the big show as a whole Post-Intruder 2 I, I think it means Toonami as a whole Oh, okay Well What'll happen to the big show? He's not going to retire. What are you hoping for? <laughs> <laughs> only only Toonami would, would bring wrestling into Toonami somehow. I blame Dragon Ball Z Kai and the abridged jokes that came up because of Rikum. No, I blame, the, no. I blame Steve Yurko. <laughs> yep, Steve Yurko made most of us wrestling fans again. Yes, he did. Not me. Oh. <laughs> He's in California now. Hi, Steve. Have fun at AX. Ooh. Middle finger of Steve. <laughs> Just letting you know. Derek <laughs> Sicknick. I think I said that right. The only thing saving Sword Art... Sickink. Sickink, I think it is. Yeah, Sickink. Derek. <laughs> the only thing <laughs> saving Sword Art Online, too, are the voice actors. Just being honest. True. As honest as you want to be, bro. Inuyasha-san87 wrote in, I'll keep this brief. Yes, the scene last night was disturbing, but one scene... Should not ruin a show for you. Says Thank the you. guy who has the kill a kill double standard. Yes, I know. Let's go on it. But I have to give Inu credit for being a voice of reason here. That scene's awful. There's a scene in Kill a Kill that's awful. It shouldn't ruin the show for you. You know, reason these nuts. Agreed. <laughs> Tony Mutas writes in about that SAO scene last night. If season one Asuna scene didn't kill Toonami, then this scene won't either. Thank you. Not really worried about it. Oh, thank you. And nah, that's no. that's not. Oh, that's, we worried about tsunami. That's a fallacy. <laughs> I know. That's a horrifically uh, that's a horrific argument if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I just like agreeing with it. 
slam down the gavel, you're done. I will say, though, uh, what happened to Asuna is nowhere near as bad as what has happened to Shino in that episode. Because what happened to Asuna is virtual. This actually took place in the physical anime world. Now, granted, (laughs) Asuna would have PTSD from that. I am sure. Or rather, should. Not sure if she actually does or not, because they don't really... It doesn't seem like... Because they don't do much with Asuna, unfortunately. That's true. That is true. Yes, that is true. Another pro that is a problem with SAO. I will admit that. Because if Kirito does have PTSD, why does Asuna have PTSD? Mm. <laughs> it's all about how well you adjust. Now that, now that part, that part, I do have a problem with because I, out of every character in this series, she should have PTSD because of what happened to her mm-hmm. from the second part of uh... SAO, the first of season one. Yeah, I know she had PTSD in a progressive novel, but they never actually went into that. Quit bringing up the friggin' novels, man. The books just, do anyways, not matter. Thank you, Jose. Well, let's finish up. Let's finish up this, and then. Well, yes, we have one more talk back before that. So JJ Gamer ninety nine also mentions that why is everybody worrying about last night's SAO? It was on a channel for teens and adults, not kids. Cause some kids still watch it. That's true. Some kids, uh, some kids don't uh, d- like to disobey yeah. the parents and not go to bed on Saturday. You know, night. I think. <laughs> well, I don't think that they move Sword Art Online later necessarily because of this content. I, I nah, think it, it is a nice perk. They, <laughs> it was because they wanted to pair uh, Michiko and Hotchin and Kill a Kill, exactly. which I can understand completely. Exactly, but, it's like a caparina, but it's like uh, mm. two victories at once. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. There's your ladies of Toonami. Like they say, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Wink, wink. All right. Yeah. That's, uh... I was going to say, there's a, there's, a, uh, there's a South Park joke in there someplace. <laughs> that is all of the other talkbacks. Go ahead, Paul. Okay, so I, I've been rather quiet throughout both of these uh, talkbacks. Because you're talk in the can, probably. <laughs> no, actually, actually. Actually, to be honest, I was kind of falling asleep because of this medicine I'm on, but... Um, <laughs> okay. Get closer to your now, mic. I can't quite I start, Okay, well, before, before I start into this, I need, you guys to, I need you guys to let me speak. And, okay, don't interrupt me. Let me say my whole thought, and then you can... you can Whatever. Whatever you want to do. We can all agree. Okay. Um, okay. okay. Paul has the floor. Okay. okay. All right. So... Before I talk about last night's scene, I have to go back to that infamous scene from Season 1 of Sword Art Online. Now, yes, all of this happened in virtual reality. Okay. Now, here's here's the problem, the the severe problem with that from Season 1. How old was Asuna, everybody? 17. 15, 16 years old? 17. Okay. Sugo, how old was he? Uh, early 20s. Probably mid 30s. Early mid- 20s, maybe 30? Early 20s, yeah, I'd say that. Okay. So, that scene is really bad because he's pretty much raping a girl. Again, virtual reality, but still raping a girl. And she's naked. Naked. And she's underage. Uh, Real bad. Actually, Very, really bad. 16 is of age in Japan. But that's not going... Like I said, a lot of people aren't going to know that. True. 
But a lot of people aren't going to know Asuna's right, but... actual age. Mm-hmm. Right. But and what I'm saying to you is, is because of all this, because of what was going on at that time, people were pointing this out. Okay. So we knew that she was underage, regardless of what her age really is. Okay. So again, we're, we're United States of America. These are our, these are how we perceive things. Okay. Now let's go back. Let's go to the scene last Saturday. Okay. Number one. Both of them, I assume, because there, there hasn't been any, any, anything said that they're not the same age, but I assume that they're pretty much the same age. They're the same age. That's number one. Now, 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 I'm not, that has nothing to do with, you know, him trying to rape her. Number two, and maybe I'm hallucinating, maybe I was falling asleep, but I don't remember her being completely naked in this scene. Okay. And no, okay. that's 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 okay. another thing. Again, again, this is this is okay, fine. This is taking place in the real world. But again, even though that other thing that took part in season 1 was in virtual reality, she was naked. Okay. Completely naked. Uh no, she still had some no. clothes. She uh, wasn't. She wasn't. Well, no. Not she not was, if you're referring to season 1, well, she wasn't. Well, which one heard, are you talking about? The grapple or the sugo? So With Sugo, no, he was no, ripping no, no, off she, her clothes, but she she right. still had well, some. Well, she clothes. was like she was ninety percent naked at that point. Exactly. They 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 kept it very close <laughs> to a, a blur bar after the American at point. Right. Okay. Was um. It, let's and, let's and, let Paul continue. Okay. What I'm trying to what I'm trying to say here is, okay. Yes. Was there was there a rape scene? <laughs> Pretty much, there was a rape scene, but. Was it to the degree that we've seen in Sword Art Online already? No. Was it to the degree, to a massive degree, to where that was taking place? No. Okay. We've seen worse in Sword Art Online Season 1. We've seen worse. And to be honest with you, I'm going to be completely honest with you, the dialogue in that part, part 2 is what I deem it of, of Season 1, was terrible. And it, it was just... I don't even know. It was like somebody took a shit on that part of Sword Art Online Season 1. Like, and, you know, it was just like, oh, let's just throw in a rape scene. Oh, by the way, this guy is 20, almost 30 years old, and this girl's 16 years old. We're just going to let him almost rape her, basically, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that was bad. That was bad. I will agree that was definitely bad. Last night, I wasn't bothered. And... Again, this is this is another one of those times where we get people that amp things to the nth degree, and this was nowhere near as bad as we've seen in Sword Art. If we're going to include all of Sword Art together, which we should, this is nowhere near how bad it is. Okay, the tentacle rape wasn't as bad, but <laughs> really, that that scene really uh, was amped so much that when you actually saw it, you were like, well, that really didn't seem like what it was you know the the basic point that i'm trying to come is say to you is i know there are going to people that are going to hate on me and there's probably after i'm done talking probably some of you are going to sit there and say whatever you're wrong blah 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 but the main part is and some of the talkback said this we are an adult swim okay what happened was nowhere was not as bad as what we've seen and also Kill the Kill has a lot of nude scenes coming up. 
that are probably going to not even be seen because, well, they're going to have to blur it out or put something on them to get to not show it because, well, it couldn't come on to Toonami unless they made edits. Okay. Again, that's not rape. And yes, I understand that. But perspective here. Okay. This is Adult Swim. This is supposed to be 18 and up. And yes, kids are probably watching this, but those parents that allow them to watch this, well, you're bad parents. And for people to, to hate on one scene of Sword Art Online 2, when this, ser- when this whole series so far of Sword Art Online 2 has been, in my opinion, solid, is just idiotic and stupid. Okay? This was another scene that was amplified way too much, and it shouldn't be. Okay? Now, I don't know what's going to happen next. Some of you have seen what happens next. Maybe it gets worse. I don't know. But I don't remember her being completely naked. I Obviously, she went to a different place because, you know, they, they needed to amp that up to another degree. And yeah, he's a fucking psychopath. But again, and I, and I have to use you, Jim, as an example, it's mm-hmm. not as bad as you're putting it out to be. Okay? And that's mm-hmm. my point that I'm trying to make. And again, okay. yes, there might be the one thing that happened in season one of Sword Art Online may have happened in the virtual world. But if you look at it from perspective... 16 to 30, two people the same age. Two people the same age is not as bad as that. Also, 90% naked, mm. you don't okay. see anything in the scene. Okay, may I make my rebuttal okay. now? L- let may. me make a rebuttal okay. first. Okay, sketch, okay. please. Uh, I don't, the age thing is, that's like a non issue. Like, for, for one oh, thing, okay. as, as well, awful as thing. this is, Sugo was promised, she was promised to Sugo. As his wife at that age, so that's culturally acceptable at least. But, but can I, can no, I, can no, I no, no. Let me. No, no. You, we made okay. you. Hey, we gave you your time. <laughs> yes, right. she was naked, virtually <coughs> naked in a virtual world, and yes, that would be incredibly traumatizing. And I'm not saying that it's necessarily less offensive than what occurred on Sword Art most recently. But if your best argument is it's not as offensive, that's that's not a good argument. Because <laughs> it's still really terrible. Maybe it's not as terrible. But uh, for one thing, I, I really don't think the age thing is... <laughs> that Whatever, man. Okay. Yes, she wasn't naked, so that's a big difference. But... One happened in reality, one happened virtually. And though she could feel it, there's still a pretty distinct difference, gotta say. Go ahead, Jim. Okay, so my point is that rape is rape, no matter what the age is. You see people on the news getting arrested and etc. for raping uh, underage girls, which rape is by itself, performing a sex act on someone without consent. It is entirely possible for two people (laughs) to be married and to commit a rape act. How many of those actually go reported? We probably don't know because it might have been some sort of fetish thing between the couple, but that's immaterial at this point. Mm -hmm. So when you think about it, if there, I assume that both uh, Sugo and uh, what's the other guy's name? I'm sorry. Shinkawa. 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 Shinkawa yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, I got alliteratively confused. Um, 
Shinkawa is still raping Sugo because no. even though you're underage, Shino. it is such wow, a that, thing. No. Shino, excuse wow. me. Shino, excuse me. <laughs> get him, Shinkawa. Get him. I get the. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh <laughs> no, that's my. Please, going. I, get, I get my. I am, oh, too many essays. I am now imagining. <laughs> it's like I am a, now imagining Sugo getting <laughs> getting it oh, a, in the boot by Shinkawa and him yelling, a, "No, Shinkawa-san, Yamate." There's there's probably fan art of that. Probably. But anyway. Um, oh God. But anyway, the fact remains that Sinon is subject to statutory rape by Shinkawa. She is unwilling. She doesn't want him. She doesn't want him to do it. Also, he, she is being threatened with a drug injection. Now, if that isn't uh, textbook sexual assault, I don't know what is. This went further than most uh, than the other rape scenes. Also and to your point, longer. It did last longer. Yeah. And he was going to kill her at the end. Exactly. He was yes. This is a rape, su- rape, murder, suicide, which is, first of all, I don't know why this needs to be in there because it not only is it morally reprehensible, but it is also quite disturbing that someone would write this in and not only write that in <coughs> once but twice, mm-hmm. as uh, using rape as a plot device, which. One is bad, uh, is nothing but bad writing because all it does is just reek of revenge fantasy, which mm-hmm. makes it leads me to think that Reiki Kawahara had a girlfriend stolen from him or something. And then, two, it's not just about how far they go because you mentioned, Paul, people not being completely naked. That is completely immaterial. That is not important to the proceedings at all. Somebody can be raped right through their clothes or something like that. That's just how it is. Unfortunately, that point is completely irrelevant to the proceedings. Also, again, I have to ask, why does it matter that we're on Adult Swim? If this is on there, then why does it need why does this need to be part of the story? That's the one point that I'm trying to that we're all trying to make here is like, why is this necessary? And why have you done this? Why have you done this twice now? (laughs) This time going even further than the last time. Being acceptable content does not make it acceptable content. I mean, there is artistic license and stuff like that, but artistic license for something like this means exactly jack and shit, and jack left town. Oh, I'm not... I'll be honest with you, I'm not not discounting that. I don't think that they should have, you know, done this twice. That, I'm, I'm definitely... I'm on board with that. I don't understand why they would do this when... They knew that the first one didn't sit well with people. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they shouldn't have done that. And I agree with that. I, I do yeah. agree with that. And I agree with the fact that, you know, okay, you don't – it's not really necessary. They could, maybe could have gone about it in a different way. What I'm trying to say, and hopefully Colt will back me up on this, and Darrell, I would want you to go last because you'll have a more philosophical, <laughs> psychological, psychological view on this. Yes. Yeah. Um, but what, what I'm trying to say is – if you if you look at the and, and again you have to you have to take all both of those scenes and look at it. Let, let me let me let me actually take it from this perspective, okay? And I'll make this quick. Okay. Let's say let's say that what happened to Asuna happened mm-hmm. in the real world instead. And 
for all rights intents intensive purposes, mm-hmm. let's say Kirito didn't. Let's say that they went all fucked up and Kirito lost somehow and wasn't able to do anything. Well, obviously, and that Asuna would be worse. Married, right, and Asuna <laughs> married him, had to marry him, and she got raped all the time. Okay, they could have done that. And it, let, let's but let's let's take that out of the quitter and let's let's say that well, let's, let's take this and put this in the real film. That. Thankfully, well, that didn't happen because otherwise, yeah. I'd be really I'd be saying, okay, why didn't you just make a hentai out of this? Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, but if you put this, if you were to put that in the real world, would you say that that was worse than what happened last night? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, I would say it's that, far that's worse. I'm, that's why that's where I'm taking. That's why I'm what I'm trying to get you guys to see is that yes, while. There was a rape scene, and yes, they shouldn't have done this twice. Honestly, I don't think we should even debate which one was worse. They were both terrible. No, there is I, rape I happens. Both. Rape happens online as well. Wait, wait, wait. It Let's can and it can and does happen online. All right, Colt, go ahead. I, I think what Paul's pointing out is is what I would say, which is more the context of how they draw the scenes and the setting in most part. But this is the way I would see it. Mine's more from the written standpoint of the way the show went. Now, I'll agree with Jim on the rape factor. I mean, rape, in regardless of its forms, is wrong. Even I would question, why would you go that route as the end result? It's a little weird. However, having watched the animes, it's going to be really stupid. I mean, I don't think I'm going to get this right in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I won't defend the actual rape, but I would defend the written content up that leads up to it. Mm. Now, the, so, but, the, but it... it, it goes right but it's a circular circular argument because it goes back to the to the first to the initial well, problem that we have is that most people have not well, read the light novels and i would regardless like regardless if they've read the read the light novel there is multiple scenes in the origin in the anime that we watch that were major hints now first wait a minute hint. go ahead wait a minute can i can i can i interrupt you real quick Cole? go ahead um are you talking about where they were talking before she went into gun gale online that one time and said and she was like, yeah, when, when this is all over, you that's, know. That's one. Okay. That's one hint. The, the, the very first hint, which I can read off my whole tweet thing. Thank you, Sketch, for actually keeping that. This is, I, I said this right after the scene last night. This is all on Twitter. For anyone who's pissed off at that scene, please understand that the writer foreshadowed it from about <laughs> episode three. I'm not sure when the first hint scene came up, but it was the one where you saw what the, it was the, death gun in the real world looking at all the pictures of the strongest and you note how he kind of like brushes the picture of Cena. I believe that happened. I don't remember that far back though. I'd have to double check. Yes, the does. thing is that get, my problem with that is that that could mean anything. Right, right, uh-huh. right. So again, that's, so I hardly see that as foreshadowing. Just, just listen, just, just hear me yeah. out for a minute. That's Sorry, go ahead. A very, it's, it's a vague hint. Then you get to the second hint which is Shinjaki or Shinkawa. Shinkawa confessing his love to Shino or Sino. Now again, those two scenes in their own right are kind of like, okay, weird. What's this all about? Then you get to the big hint drop, which is Death Gun using the Black Star 54 pistol. And that whole scene where everybody's flipping, why the hell is Sino going all cowardly? Why is Kirito having to save her ass? And the whole this is what happens in a PTSD moment. That major hint, you have to sit there and think, okay, is it a coincidence, or is Death going to actually know something about this? Now, if you take it as coincidence, the last two hints mean jack shit. 
But if you sit there and think to yourself, okay, let, let's assume that this is written that Death Gun and Sinone are somehow connected. Who knows Sinone's backstory? She was the only person she truly had trusted until she met Kirito. So then when you get all the way to that scene, at that point, it's okay, well, there's multiple Death Guns. Okay, so there's a pretty good chance that her, quote, boyfriend, end quote, might be involved in this. Mm. So when it gets to that scene, yes, he completely goes psychotic stalker on her. The rape is there. Everything happens. But I think it was worth it because at some point you had to sit there and go, okay, there is a chance, no matter how small it might be, that he could be in league with a bunch of mass murderers. Right. You, mm. you just wouldn't expect the, oh, I love you. Let's go to hell together and be a happy little family. And you're like, okay, that's a little creepy. But in context with all the prior hints, you're going, eh, I think you, there's a at the very least, expected him to be the one who was going to try to kill her. Yeah, yeah, that I would agree with. The whole rape thing is kind of like, okay, if you look back on it, yeah, there is the possible implementation of him trying to rape her. Doesn't make it any less right. Even I'll agree with, again, I'll agree with Jim on the whole idea that using the rape a second time over. Well, I, well, what I would say is it's the overall written idea works. The fact that he uses rape on multiple levels as an end result and in a means to let Kirito be, he's not really a Gary Sue, I call him more of a Mary, a Gary Sue, but a Mary Sue, because a Gary Sue is a male wish fulfillment fantasy. I don't think anyone here wants to be that guy. <laughs> but it, it still builds up properly to that rape scene. Regardless if you don't like the rape scene, the overall buildup still works. That's my thing. So people don't sit there and pay attention to the subtext or plot. It's just, oh, she's really good. Oh, now it all sucks because she's seen it's now weak. Right. And so, I, I mean, again, my only real beef with the whole thing was that very first very subtle hint about Death Gun. That was a whole chapter. There's a whole chapter dedicated to that one scene where you realize, no, Death Gun's actually possessive over Sino. So you're kind of like, wow, really? Okay. Something good to put in. Right, and, and, and again, like, like I said with the last season, there's a lot of critical hints that they just outright cut out for the anime that made zero sense. Right. Most of the fans who watch this only watch it for its face value and don't delve into it. Because then there's all the people, and this is kind of a funnier thing I noticed, where it's like, okay, nobody likes Sinon because of what happens, but yet if you look at a character like Nico Robin, it's pretty much the same thing. Huh? No. Both have, both no, it doesn't PT work that way with Nico no, Robin. No, 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 Robin. Not at all. No, no, no. Oh. Both have PTSD in some way, shape, or form. Sinon, the gun. Robin, Ohara. Both have, at some point, tried to rectify it by themselves. Sinon using Gun Gale Online as a means of feeling it. Robin basically running away and, 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 and having no faith in everybody. When they meet the male character of the show, they begin to realize what they have, what they should have been doing in the first place or whatever the resolution is. From the base... The basic base frame, they are actually very similar. How the writers go about it is totally different. Because if you look at what happened in One Piece, for like the last, I don't know, say two, three episodes, Robin was in the fetal position, doing nothing until Frankie snapped her out of it. Hmm. Sketch, you're the uh, One Piece guy mm, that's here. That's a good point. Uh, I, yeah, he's got, he's got a good point. They, they put Robin into very tough situations in this story arc, and for a reason. Right, but the thing is, the thing about 
um, Nico Robin though is that she was is that they broke her they broke her down and then she is redeemed not just because uh, not just because of one guy but because of an entire crew of people. The also, the thing is that doesn't uh, really matter. No, it it was mostly it's Luffy. a positive Luffy influence. Right, thank you. Right. That, yeah, that, that's the best way of doing right. it. Luffy and the crew was a positive influence on Robin, just as Kirito was a positive influence on Cena. Right. Again, it's it's a weird comparison, but it's there. Now, I'm not saying you have to agree with it. I'm just saying there are very decent similarities between Sinon and Robin. So when you sit there and look at someone like Sinon and you sit there and think, well, this is all bullshit and it happens to her. I just kind of sit there and go, well, Robin's the same way. And, and I'll get yelled at because, oh, no, Robin's a better character. Not really. If you look at the written value. Well, I, I think. Wait, I, can I we think get to Darrell because he's he's chomping yeah. at the bit right now. Right, right, right. Well, if I can say, if I can say one thing real quick, I, I mean, very, I, very say, quickly. I would say that that scene that happened was seen on. If it hadn't, if it would have happened in a different way, let's say like you were hinting at like the guy was about to rape her, but not what actually did happen, where it looks like he is or he really is. You know, it, it put his hand up her shirt. That was the worst. We saw. He yeah. could have just tried so, to kill her. Right. Right. I mean, if it, if it was hinted but not done the way that it was, it would have been a lot better of a scene, I think. But the way that they did it, again, to Jim's point, which I agree with. Potentially made it you know, creepy as hell. <clears throat> right. And it shouldn't have been – there shouldn't have been – being that this is Sword Art Online, is in, this is a whole – I mean, they're, they're I guess they're two separate series, but whatever. As a whole, there shouldn't have been two rape scenes, so – Right, I'd agree. Yeah, definitely shouldn't have. Right. Darrell, come up with <coughs> you have the floor. Anything else? Been wait- <laughs> yes. Darrell, you've been waiting on this. <laughs> have at it. Okay, now you're breaking this down. Yeah, both of them did suffer from PTSD. Robin and Cena. <laughs> That's a given. But when you look at it, Robin was physically abused, and you know her aria was just like seriously bad for her. But the whole thing is, you don't see Spondum putting his hands up on the Robin shirt or none, anything like that. And then when you're looking at this right now, I'm about to go into a psychological analysis and psychoanalysis a little bit about what a paraphilia is. Which he has a bachelor's of. now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> exactly. okay, this will be fun then. Yeah, see, a paraphilia is a medical or behavioral science term, which is also referred to as sexual deviation, a sexual numbing anomaly or sexual perversion or disorder of sexual preference and it was um, repeated through intense sexual arousal to the unconventional social socially deviant stimuli basically this comes down to drink um with shinkawa <laughs> being possessive of sino or chino and this was first discovered by Richard von Kraft Ebbing, a German psychiatrist credited with formally introducing the study of sexology as a psychiatric phenom, and has identified paraphilias in the first in his 1886 Psychopathy of Sexualis, or Sexual Psychopathy. And then this is highly influential in a lot of psychiatric texts laid with the groundwork and development of this research and treatment that's taken place in this last century. And Paraphilias are currently recognized as one of the categories of sexual and gender identity disorders in the DSMV-4, which was a revision back in 2000. Now, when you get more into it and what we saw in the scenes with Shinkawa and um, Shino, 
he was basically an individual at this point where he became it was sexual sadism, and in right. this like, individual, and in this a sex you know individual with this disorder has persistent fantasies in which sexual excitement results from inflicting psychological or physical suffering, including humiliation and terror on a sexual partner, even though. Shino was not his sexual partner in that way. She was an unwilling partner. And this disorder is different from the minor acts of aggression in a normal sexual activity, or example, rough sex. In some cases, the sexual sadists are able to find willing partners to participate in this, you know, this type of activity. But Shino was not, she was not consenting to this. And he basically jumped on her drink. I hate you, Paul. And... At this point, it was super extreme with the sadism because this was an illegal activity at this point. It really was. And this was rape, torture, and, and it went to the point even murder, in which case the death of the victim produces sexual excitement. And this is what Shinkawa was really aiming for more than anything. But it should be noted that while rape may be an expression of sexual sadism, the infliction of suffering is not the motive for most rapists, and the victim's pain generally does not increase the rapist's sexual excitement, but rather rape involves a combination of sex and gaining power over the victim, which is what Shinkawa wanted in the first place, and these individuals have a need for intensive psychiatric treatment and may be jailed for these activities. That, And then you have Kirito coming in and saving the day, but eventually they do call the cops on Shinkawa. This is where this is coming from. It was amped up so much from, like, the one with Austin wasn't exactly bad, but this one right here actually took place in the physical world, and it was amped up to the point that it was ridiculous. It didn't need to be used a second time. This was, like, my thoughts the first time I saw it with the sub, and then again. The only thing, I mean, Michelle and Johnny, they played the hell out of these roles for it. That was the <laughs> uh, same. That was the only save. That was the only saving grace for this. You know, they were convincing in it, but was it needed really? No, because it could have been passed and looked over. But no, we're not going to the light novels on this code. This is no, no, the, that's, that's, that's 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 totally fine. Look here, all right, all right, all right. For me, I didn't interrupt nobody. Let me get my thoughts back again because you interrupted me. Sorry. Wing. By the way, real real quick, I don't know why there was a train in the background, but that that made that so much better. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. I'm sorry. But when you look at this, it was not necessary to play that up so much. It could have been it could have been done better without having to use that. This is when you're looking at it from a psychological perspective that. Most of the casual anime fans are not going to pick up on those hints that you were talking about, Colt. The, the, the casual anime fan is just looking at the show from the standpoint of, hey, I want to watch this show. I'm not looking at the subplot and context of the hints like that. Everybody's not that smart. They are not. So they're not going to pick up on those hints. You can't expect everybody to. And then when you have people who actually do read the light novels and manga, and then as a verse to somebody who doesn't, it's just going to be like, it's kind of like weeaboos versus, you know, the anime fan that just like, you just take it too far. And in this point right here, it's like, it was a weeaboo moment. It just got taken way too far. And that's all I'm saying about that. But that's pretty much my analysis on it, though. Well, first off, I'd like to do this. 
Eloquently put. <laughs> Very eloquently put. Golf clap. I did not realize you had the, the, the bachelors in psychology, because I could... We can make this a four-hour podcast. There's maybe, like, maybe one or two questions I'd like to ask uh, in relation to your ideas, but I'll save that for another time, or we can do this on Twitter or something like that. But Please don't. I don't want to be here for two hours. That's no. why I'm not going to ask the questions. <laughs> oh, we're getting pretty close as it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I was figuring. I think we're gonna we need some. Uh, we're gonna need some background music, like the uh, Ren and Stimpy <laughs> background music for all this stuff. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Let me just end it like this. I, I think we've had. I think we've pretty much covered this whole scene, and we all we can all agree that this scene wasn't shouldn't have happened again. Mm-hmm. Um, we can That's all agree the main problem. That, yeah. Yeah, it shouldn't have happened again. I don't. I don't think it should have been. I don't think again. I, I don't think that. One final thing. I. One final thing I really got to say is that um, you talk about those hints being dropped, uh, Colt, but again, they're so cryptic, your average viewer would not pick them up, especially somebody who is not experienced with uh, how anime can sometimes elect to tell their stories. And also, I feel there were no red herrings, nothing that let us know, nothing to let us know that there could have possibly been two death guns. I would like to use uh, something as a quick analogy for it. Remember all the red herrings that were thrown out as to who the possible Gold Ranger could be in Power Rangers Zeo? There was nothing there that let us know that there could have possibly been two death guns or that there was or who was it to start with or who was the death gun to start with? Like I said, all those all those hints were incredibly cryptic and very subtle. And who, who, how many people are gonna ca- how many people are gonna catch that? Your your average viewer that is watching this, despite the fact that they outright said it in the cave. But regardless, although I never saw it, I said, I said aware I didn't catch it there. Jim, I, I I just love I just love how you use the reference for Power Rangers Zio. I, I love. I, it. I, I never saw Power Rangers. I, I it, it was the only. Well, it was for not watching I, that. It was the only reference I could was, think of was Power Rangers Zio. Well, I, I know <laughs> I'm, I'm air fiving you right now. I'm air fiving you. I I know they made the point of that there being multiple death guns when they were talking in the cave. Well, yes, they did. Yeah, they had the. The theory. They had the, the idea they had the that they, well, they had to. They actually had to because it wouldn't. The the story wouldn't have made sense. It made sense not. at that point, mm-hmm. right? But regardless, right. we're probably done here. And, and you yeah, know, what? it's actually we've, one. We've one mined last... this. We haven't just mined this. We have strip mined this. Mining <laughs> <laughs> it, knowing what with what Darrell just said, but that's a that's a conversation for me and him to have along from later down the road. Right. Well, and on one other thing. I think there's one other thing we can agree about. Why the f*** do they leave out so much information? Yeah, that is. Uh, you know it's, I mean? it's part of what it's part of what happens during an adaptation. But whoever <laughs> wrote this needed to spend more time with it. They should have, and they, and I think it happened in in season one as well. They should have spent a lot more time doing this. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sword Art Online two so far as a whole has been a lot better, uh, especially than part two of season one. Let's but, let's not forget though that this is yeah. also a, a a derivative of a derivative technically. Mm. Yeah, I, I would love I would love to see if somebody years from now would go back and redo Sword Art Online, and just Sword Art Online probably. Brotherhood, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, something like that where it's it explains it a little bit more. Uh, it takes things a little bit differently in a different direction, and I think taking out those those rape scenes would mm-hmm. actually. You wouldn't be able to get away with it if you're going for a Make brother. it a, 
make it a little bit better. Well, you know, well, we wouldn't name it Brotherhood. We probably. Um, I know it's it's just the generic thing <laughs> that we're it, that we apply to remakes like that. <laughs> yeah. Or Final Act, sort well, of. Well, no, it's fine. Never. No, mind. Final Act implies Final that Act they was, st- that it's yeah, they the finished end it. it. Yeah, they finished yeah. it. Brotherhood was just <laughs> sort of long act. It was a retell. Yeah, so if Brotherhood was a retell. If well, it's I, I call it manga accurate, but whatever. Yeah, Brotherhood was the manga version. Sword Art Online rebooted. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. But, but what I would say is, it's if if they went back and pulled the stuff that was missing, they 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 really couldn't change the scenes, in my opinion. But they could make it a bit better for the build up toward it. But mm-hmm. that's me. So we can probably end it here and jump into. Yeah. Whatever was left at the bottom of yeah, that. After that very long conversation, my final thought is, as other people have mentioned in the Toonami Talkbacks, yeah, it's an awful scene, but it shouldn't ruin a show for you <laughs> in of itself. But again, you know, you get on the other side of the coin, you get people that do the exact same thing for uh, Kill a Kill. And, and neither are correct. You know, exactly. That's that's what they call a double standard. And no one likes double standards. No, no one likes double standards. So, unfortunately, this scene isn't entirely over, so we will have to revisit this. And I hope... But in two weeks. I hope... Yeah, we can uh, a, a like week that. off. But I, I hope that we can uh, perhaps get a female perspective on this. That would be nice. Because a yes, uh, bunch of dudes talking about misogyny. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It works <laughs> this is where we, This is where we desperately needed Jen. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to wait for you, Jen. We tried. All yeah. right, let's move on and let's. She let's... insisted that we that the show go on now. So. Let's, let's move on and let's get finish everything else and get on out of here. Yes. So, let's continue on to uh, this week on Toonami, the uh, miscellaneous talkbacks, as it were, from Blatch Zero. That was probably the most emotionally <coughs> draining night of Toonami ever since it came back, at least from what I have seen. No disagreements. I'm with you there, brother. <laughs> Oh, here, speaking of... (laughs) I feel like we should skip this one, just because we did. uh, Especially since I just said it. (laughs) Yeah. Say it anyway. Give him the points. Yeah, all right, I'll give him the points. So, uh, speaking of double standards, Tony Bermudez writes in, hates the attempted rape scene in SAO2, doesn't mind the mother-touching daughter in Kill a Kill. I I don't think anybody Mm. doesn't mind that scene in Kill a Kill. Are you speaking for yourself, or...? Oh, so, the way it sounds I, like it's I found like, that to be speak- utterly pointless. Are you speaking for yourself? I don't think Tony, he's in, or... intending to speak for himself. It's I yeah. I would put the whole thing in in giant quotation marks because mm. I think it it, it 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 starts with an asterisk but ends in a quotation mark. So I'm assuming he's being sarcastic. Yeah, mm, possibly. Probably just the way the whole thing is going out because even I've seen seen a scene on Twitter where it's like, yeah, you know, you know, no one beats an eye at that scene, but yet this scene comes on. It's like, what the hell? It's like. Uh, I it's kind of like, like well, I guess you could. I guess you really quick. I guess you could uh, chalk it up to track record with uh, Sword Art, you know? Mm. Yeah. All right, next topic. Michael Morris writes in: Atsuko and Michiko and Hachin is Michiko and Hachin's version of Zenigata, obsessed with capturing Michiko and losing every time. Laughing face. <laughs> I love it. She is delightfully seventies. I love it. Michiko, Michiko, Michiko. That is awesome. All while still tied up in her own whip. That was the better part. Yep. 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 Bad afro, though. Yeah. <laughs> Bad afro. Next talk. TKA256 writes in, 
I can't be the only one digging all the girl-on-girl violence in Michiko and Hachin, can I? Also, Hana is adorable. Everybody loves a good cat fight. (laughs) And that was a bloody one. Oh, yeah. Can I just say, I prefer uh, Michiko with short hair, actually. Mm. Both work for me. Depends on the dress or what she's wearing. Mm. Long hair works with what she's currently got on. Inuyasha-san87 writes in, The bleeps are back! Michiko proves, despite her attitude and being a hothead, that she is a better mother than Ragyo. That's not real hard. True. <laughs> you, you can't really go worse than Ragyo at this point. By the way, Darrell, do we have to... Should we play a game in Michiko and Hodgkin? Because it seems like we have oh, a lot of bleeps. Oh, the bleeps are back! <laughs> we got... Don't worry, I'm going to announce that later. Mostly what I say regarding uh, uh, Michiko and Hatchin is ass, titties, ass, ass, and titties. <laughs> you know it, brother. Woo-hoo. All right, moving on. Benjamin Pageon writes in, so I guess the priest is not the villain, not with a name like that. Stormtroopers have better aim. <laughs> yeah. Allison has a couple of talkbacks. Uh, first one, Michiko. Uh, Michiko, don't take shit from any man. Go, Michiko. Yeah. I heard that in Allison's voice, too. Mm-hmm. I take the cool lady from One Piece being a mermaid over what happened in SAO this week. <laughs> Can we at no. least go back to the Sanji dream version? I'll take that one, please. <laughs> I actually said, I was like... Was and again, when you're drowning, I think you'll take whatever lifeline you can get your hands on. <laughs> I, did oh, make co- I did make the comment of, she made an ugly-ass mermaid, but a beautiful manatee. Yes. <laughs> it's all, it's all a matter of perspective. Oh, look, Inuyasha-san has another one. Yes, Inuyasha-san 87 chiming in on Naruto Shippuden. Hidan has arrived, baby. This arc of Shippuden is really good, so please watch it, guys and gals. Nope. <laughs> oh, come on. This is this Seven, is a good arc of Shippuden. A year's, a year's worth of filler? No, you lost me. This is Whatever. It's Naruto. You can always pick can. up Naruto anywhere. No, Space Dandy I can pick up anywhere. <laughs> Frank Fullmetal writes in, I'm still hoping that we get a promo for this arc of Naruto Shippuden. There's a lot of great stuff to look forward to. See, there you go. They, they should. It's been a while since we've had a Naruto promo. They should do a Naruto Shippuden promo. Hey, hey they may do one next week. Who knows? Ah, uh, that would be a good time to do it. Let's watch yep. the pre flight. See what the sneak peek is. Ah, there you go. And Victor <laughs> Monjaris writes in, I'm still upset that we'll be doing a DBC marathon instead of SAO. SAO takes place in GGO, an American game. Yeah, that's that's the good logic. Yeah, Shut but DBC is more of a more of a ratings winner. It's a catch-all. I mean, yeah, you would definitely Just get like people they... to tune in for an SAO marathon, but not nearly as many who will turn on the TV and go, "Oh, hey, Dragon Ball's Just like on." When they did the, <laughs> Just like when they did the Attack on Titan marathon, it's Slow week, high rating show, it cancels itself out. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the exact reasoning. Because, I mean, more than likely, we're, most of us will probably be launching fireworks unless we launch them the day before or the day after. Yep. So they're just preempting it by saying, you know what? Let's just save a whole lot of time. We have the rights here the whole night except for the one episode of Attack on Titan for some reason. For some reason. So we have mentioned that news, and we have mentioned that in the talkback. So the thing that played, the goodie that, that week, was the DBZ Kai marathon promo which is pretty amusing because they talk about celebrating 
America's independence by playing a Japanese cartoon. Oh, but the point of the 4th of July. <laughs> Celebrate American independence using other people's crap. Yep. <laughs> Celebrate the 4th of July with big booms. I think that's what they were going Definitely. for. Definitely. But big, the big booms as in kaboom. But Where's the other the thing kaboom? I... There was the supposed thing... to be an earth-shattering kaboom. kaboom. But the other thing that came out was more amusing. Well, we oh, actually God, managed to not talk about this last week, and we got called out for it. <laughs> for not for not ever mentioning it. Uh, the the editors decided to say promo ever. Yeah, they just it, it, it was Sarah actually. Yes, Sarah. Jason gave Sarah that Shia LaBeouf motivational speech footage in order to make a tsunami motivational speech with it, and the result is best, glorious. Best <laughs> trolling they ever did. I was so annoyed that they weren't going to air that. It's just like, and, come on, and you know what? Do it. And you know what's even funnier is not only was it on Toonami's YouTube channel, but now it's on Adult Swim's YouTube channel. Yep. So my so favorite part is when he goes and he farts out the lightning from Attack on Titan. Yeah, that was just yes, as hell. Yes. No, I, lo- I love where Krillin's like. I love where Krillin's like. Whoa, 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 whoa man! Whoa, whoa, calm down. Easy there, dude. He's just a kid. He tends to dream bigger than what he should. <laughs> Sarah made that so well. Thank God he green screened that. By the, God, by the way, that was... should we um should we should we tell people since this could be a potential segue or should we keep this a secret? You're so bad at keeping secrets. No, Who I don't want to keep the secret. I don't want to keep this. Well, secret. we are working on getting Sarah the editor on for an interview. So look forward Yay. to it. I won't be here. Actually, no, that'll you be won't. Coming, that'll be coming in the next week or two. So don't don't worry. And when I say week, next week or two, we're interviewing her on Wednesday. Start tweeting this, Wednesday. This, this probably won't be out by then. <laughs> exactly. Just make sure you bleep that out. <laughs> There's a good, you know, 10 second bleep. Everyone's wondering what the hell Paul said. Yes, that would be hilarious. Uh, it's annoying to do. Long- but anyway, listener mail. Let's get to that and get the hell out of yes. here. Yes. Yep. A few uh, miscellaneous listener mails to finish out the show. An email from Aturelia. Good first episode of Michiko and Hachin, but I had an issue with one part. When the cops put their guns down and she turned around, the cops could have picked their guns and shot her. But overall, good start to a series. Hachin was on her back. They'd have risked hitting her, I'd say. Unless it's earlier in the scene. I'm I'm not sure what scene she's actually talking about. Is Because, you know, there were cops when she was trying to get, uh, when she was breaking out of the jail. And I don't know. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, that part, when after she shoots the machine gun at the bank, and they all drop their guns, yeah. and she turns around, that's what she's talking about. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. She probably would have been able to get away before they would have been able to get the guns up, so you're figuring even if they had a decent line of fire, she might have been running out of back door. Yeah. Potentially, let's just assume that she got away. Agreed. That and most anime cops have horrible aim and are scaredy cats. That is also true. <laughs> All right, next I mean, now. considering what happened in the most recent episode, where all that was so many cops, and she still managed to get away. Let's Our just take solace. are hard to hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just lead through. But let's just take solace if it was a red guy from um, Star Trek. Oh. Could have got missed and still would have died. Yeah. <laughs> Our last email comes from Sakio Kuriyami22. I'm a huge fan of both Toonami and Adult Swim, anime, TV shows, etc., from the late 90s to the present of 2015. I have loved anime from birth to death. 
Have you guys ever thought about reviewing Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works Seasons 1 and 2? Just curious is all. By the way, I love the podcast. You all do. Well, thank you. Um, well, thank the you. Problem with, the problem with Fate Stay Night Unlimited hey, Blade Works Anaplex is that... Hey, if Aniplex wants to send it to us... <laughs> yeah. One, yeah. if Aniplex wants to send it to us. Two, as soon as they dub it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Aniplex... Uh, and as far as I know, Aniplex doesn't do screener copies. Which, it'd be nice. Gosh, I wish. But... <laughs> Because I love Anaplex's stuff. I'd buy more of it if money were no object. Anaplex Blu-rays. Yep, Anaplex tax. Yeah, we we don't... Another problem, if I I may be so bold as to say this, Paul, um, another problem is that with a lot of the anime that we want to review, that people want us to review, it ends up being sub-only. We're not really fans of reviewing sub-only anime. We want to review yeah, stuff no. that at least might have some kind of at least some kind of shot of airing on Tsunami, right. and it, which means that it has to have a have a dub. Now, I think uh, because precedent is there that Fate Zero got dubbed, I believe that um, I'm at about 99% sure that Unlimited Blade Works will get dubbed. We don't. Problem is, um, I don't believe they have started dubbing that yet, and a lot of the voice actors they got for fate zero were union so uh coordinating those schedules is going to be quite difficult but i did see the unlimited blaze works movie mm-hmm, which, i'm pretty sure oh. they're gonna do it they'll pull it off i'm sure they i'm sure they will they did for fate zero and fate zero sold well for them. yeah yeah right. i like face day night too all right well let's let's get to the house cleaning let's uh all right scullery mate uh first thing i want to say real quick um we put a poll up to see if you guys want us to start bringing the podcast out on Saturdays. And the reason we asked that question is because, and Sketch will agree with me because he's seen the ratings, our ratings have gone up substantially since we started putting them out on Saturdays. We've done this twice now. Not intentionally the first time. <laughs> no, not intentionally the first time. The second time was more test. And, I mean, it was, it was more test slash... You know, I didn't have any time to work on it during the week. Right. Why didn't you send it to me? (laughs) But um, anyway, so let me get to my point. We're doing about 1,000 plays and downloads, which includes iTunes, Stitcher, any app that you can listen to podcasts on, SoundCloud, whatever, a week when we've been putting it out on Saturdays. A lot of you so far with the poll that we have out have said, no, we don't want it on Saturdays. But and I and I think you'll agree with me, Sketch. I'm starting to think that that might just be the hardcore fans that like our podcast. So just the hardcore fans that like three hour podcasts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, I, I just this I, is an I, exception. I, I want to hear more. I want a lot more of you that are listening to the podcast to answer this because I almost feel like that poll is not showing us the whole picture. Because the ratings are showing us a whole different picture. And sketch after the podcast, I can show you uh, pod track stuff. Because, you know, again, it's 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 definitely painting a picture for us. And while we don't want to just go by ratings, on the other hand, if you guys are want to listen to it and you're listening to it more from Saturday, then it's better for us to put it out on Saturday. So if you could if you could answer that poll for us. And just say yes or vote yes or no and let us know, you know, it would really go a long way because we really want to get a picture of if this is going to be something we go forward with or not. Because ratings are definitely telling us that we should 
start doing this on Saturdays. And trust me, Sketch would love to put him on on Saturdays because it would help with his work schedule. So, you know. Yeah, it would. Yeah, so please, please answer that. And by the way, if we do set a day and we actually bring it out on that day, Darrell will actually be conscious for most of the week. So, um, <laughs> but anyways, let me go through this real quick. Uh, as usual, you email us at podcast.tunamifaithful.com. At a lot of you did that this week. Thank you. As usual, feedback, talk back, whatever, email us about the podcast there, podcast.tunamifaithful.com. Rate and view the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Listen to us also on SoundCloud, which is where the main feed comes from. You can like us there. You can follow us there. You can download the podcast there. And you can even comment about the podcast as you listen to it there as well. Um, SoundCloud.com slash podcast is that. There's also a SoundCloud app that you can download on Android devices and on Apple devices. So you can listen to the podcast that way as well. Uh, like us on Facebook. It's Facebook.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Tsunami Podcast. And you can tumble with us on Tumblr at official.tumblr.com. And if you've missed any of our episodes, you can find them on podcast.tunamifaithful.com, as well as our exclusives as well. And last but not least, we have what's called a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash podcast. Help us out any way that you can. Again, we've said this a couple times, and I'm just going to say this real quickly again. Any money that you give us is going to make us, is going to give us a lot more to do at more cons, at other events, so that we can bring you coverage that's above and beyond what we've already done. That's what we want to do. That's the next step we want to take, but we need your guys' help to do that. Again, it's patreon.com slash podcast. We have some great prizes. And, you know, this is, a, this is another thing that you can email us about too, podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. There's something that you guys would want. Is there some prize that you want that you would donate, say, a dollar or $5 or $10 per month? You know, let us know. Sketch would like to know that too, I'm sure. Because we don't want to just be like, okay, well, we're going to do this, and then it doesn't work. You know? Let us know. What would you? What would get you to don't? What carriage we can want... we dangle in front of you? Yes, what mm-hmm. carriage can we dangle in front of you? Yes, okay. But anyways, let's get out of here. So, Colt, where can they find you? Just on Twitter right now at, uh, at Ambient Virus. Nothing much going on beyond that. Okay. Jim, where can they find you? You can find me at ZeroAlucard27 on Twitter, and you can also find me at RinOku95 on the Nintendo Network. Darrell, besides the bar, where can they find you? Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, as always, Ukami underscore Samurai7, Twitter.com. Also, you can find me at S.FM slash Ukami75, and if you need to send emails, do that at DarrellMaddox at TunamiFaithful.com. Sketch? Can they find you, sir? You can find me at Sketch1984 on the Twitter. You can tumble with me, Sketch1984.tumblr.com. You can ask me questions at ask.fm backslash Sketch1984. And if you have any comments or suggestions for the podcast, you can direct those to Sketch at ToonamiFaithful.com or Podcast at ToonamiFaithful.com. And I can confirm that my Nintendo Network ID is Sketch1984. Sweet. My revenge shall be complete soon enough. Sure it will. My smashing <laughs> revenge. My revenge shall be smashing. Before I didn't uh, have Roy. Really a wish. Before I didn't have a GameCube controller. Ooh, well, you probably threw it against the wall the last but time. But you know so. I don't have a no, Wii U. I, no, legit, I didn't uh, have one. 
I wish I had a Wii U. <laughs> I want that game so much to make Kirby. You can only play me on 3DS, money. man. <laughs> I don't even have a 3DS. I have a base 3 uh, normal DS. I'm that I, poor. Wow. I have nothing. Nothing at all. You don't play games. Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing <Okay>. at all. <laughs> and Paul, where can they find you? All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Pascrillo. You can find me on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Paul Pascrillo. And you can also ask me questions, ask.fm slash Paul Pascrillo. I'd like to get a lot more questions from you guys if you guys have questions about Toonami and other things, as well as Two Strangers, One Podcast, and that weird guy that has a beard that came on the other night. <laughs> the other night. So, yeah, I will I will answer any questions that you guys have. But, um, yeah, that's it. So, thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast. It's very, Certainly very long podcast. And um, we will also, I will put up on SoundCloud, I will try to put breaks on SoundCloud so you guys can see where certain things are so you don't have to listen to the whole episode if you don't want to. But um, that's it. That's it for this week's podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening each and every week. And as always, thank you for listening to the Tsunami Faithful Podcast. Peace. We're out. Deuces! Kisses! <laughs> night, folks. Good night, everybody! I don't know how it works. Goodbye, everybody!